This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> Give me a name. I like him. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. I like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? Pretty good. Nice early uh, pandemic throwback here as we, we go live at like 4.30 or 5. We haven't done one of these in about, uh, I don't know, probably about a year or so. One of these uh, early afternoon uh, live flagships. It's nice, though. It's good to maybe have a real dinner. <laughs> Have a real dinner and, I don't know, see people that day and not just run home and eat a Hot Pocket and then do this stupid show for three hours and then go to bed at 11. Like, it's kind of nice, yeah. The birds are still chirping. I don't, you, I don't know why you don't just quit your job and do it like this every week. I, You know, I, I would love to. I would That would honestly not be the worst thing. Uh, we need a few more, just a few more uh, $10 subscribers, so... If you were listening to this live, you, you're good. You're already giving us $10, but uh, please let everybody that you know uh, know that they should also subscribe for $10. And if you're one of those freeloaders or, God forbid, one of these $5 people, these $5 Patreon people, uh, pump that shit up to 10 And then we can do a lot of um, 4.30, noon, 1. I, well, I, we've said we would go – the the amount of times we would go – if we could both stop punching that clock and both just quit our jobs – the obscene amount of audio. You already get an obscene amount of audio from us because we're idiots. Can you imagine if we didn't have jobs and this was our job? It'd be stupid. We do eight hours a day. I mean, <laughs> listen, don't make promises that <laughs> yeah, you're not. Prepared. Maybe not eight. <laughs> maybe not eight. That that's that's a lot. But listen, money is a social construct. You don't need it. Walk into that office. Tell your boss to take this job and shove it, and then march out of there. Take your little cardboard box with your belongings from your cubicle. Just go home. You can just do the wrestling thing. Listen, you can just cut out like half of your vacations and you'll make the money back oh, right there. Oh, jeez. Get out of here. It's true. The nurse can go on the vacations alone. She probably doesn't want you there anyway. That's That, so, is, that part is true, yes. I mean, so there's, there's built-in savings along the way where it, where it can all balance out. Just let me sit down and figure out your finances. Okay, and, and I'll, I'll send them. I'll send them your way. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll show you all the bills. Where's we can ways we can save, uh, ways we can get things you know worked out. And then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen. So thank you, thank you for doing that. I will. What I'll do is I'll quit tomorrow. Um, I should quit on a Monday though, right? I should quit on a Friday. Quit on a Friday. I mean, they've uh, already got, they've already gotten a week of my time. You know. You know they say you should fire people on a Friday because they'll put up less of a stink. Mm-hmm. There's like a psychological okay. thing to that. I could see that, but I'd also so, be annoyed. I'd rather be fired on a Monday for, for for the exact same reason. You know, it's just like you're like, oh, cool. At least I didn't invest a week in you assholes. You know what I mean? Like an, an additional week uh, in, in this garbage. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I'll, 
Monday I'll quit. So what I'll do is over the weekend I'll send you all my finances. You say, hey, boom, Rich, here you go, and then um then Monday I will I'll make the official word. So I've had many. That's not happening, say. by the way. For the record, if anybody that is not happening. So um, I we still like, many. We, the, the social construct still, unfortunately, uh, the mortgage needs to get paid, and that's that's one of those uh, unfortunate social constructs that, that you said. In, in terms of this I could money set thing. it up where all I could set it up where all that'll be taken care of. Look, I've had many people tell me over the years, Joe, you should really be a life advisor because you give tremendous advice and you you lead people down the right path. So I, I could probably figure out I don't know if I trust that. Many, many people have said okay. that. Okay. <laughs> many, many people. <laughs> many people in the great state of New Jersey have said, Joe, you always have tremendous advice. It's just, you know, you have a very uh pragmatic outlook towards things and i say thank you very much but you know i'm very happy uh doing what i'm doing which is being a pro wrestling pundit and uh whatever it else is that i do but um i could probably figure out your finances for you and and, and figure out a way that everything's t- again just by cutting out half these vacations i think is half the bad. i mean the exorbitant <laughs> amount of money you, you spend on these things the, the vacations where we go a place and then just hike outside all day so you eat, can't tell me peanut butter and jelly and fucking trail mix. No, you you have. No, I mean, you should see the shit. The nurse is not happy about the way that I handle the food on a vacation because I'm good. I'm like, no, we'll just eat trail mix and I'll make hamburgers and then or I'll make, uh, you know, I'll make I'll make a peanut butter and jellies in the morning. We eat a bunch of trail mix for lunch and then at dinner. I will see. We'll probably be too tired to eat anyway. That that's that's my theory. It doesn't uh, it doesn't always quite go that way. Just eat trail mix. Are you a gerbil? I mean, what? <laughs> How is that a meal? Well, some of the you know, some trail mix can fill you up. Got some raisins in there sometimes. You know what I mean? Like some, some dried cranberries in, in, in a good trail mix. Some dried fruit you, in there. You grovel hat in hand for more subscribers. Can I bury one right now? Uh, absolutely. Oh, God, yes. It's Dan Franks in the chat room. You know who Dan is, right? Uh, Dan Franks. Yeah. Do you know who that is? No, what's his uh, okay? Well, name? we'll bury him. No, no, that's I think that's his real name. I don't know if that's his, his gimmick name. I believe it's his real name. But, um, but bury him while I, while I get his official credentials. I don't want to. Uh, um, but what what he what I know you're going to bury him about is even more horrifying when you do know what I think he actually does in real life. So go ahead. Dan Franks is in the chat room here, and he says that because uh, uh, of our odd live schedule this week, says and I quote. I guess this means I have to listen at one time speed. Let me tell you something, Dan Franks. Now, okay. If I had a, <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to make you even more angry now? Uh, yeah. Before you get going, okay. I believe this is, and 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 he can he can confirm in the chat room as well. I believe this, Dan Franks. I think you you may have met him. I have definitely met him. Uh, he is the president of Podcast Movement. If I'm if I'm if I have the correct Dan Franks, right. So remember when I did the stuff with Westwood One at the All In and the podcast movement? That's Dan. That Dan's a great guy. It was a pleasure to meet him. If it is this Dan, this man is the president of podcast movement, and he is destroying the art in the way he is. It, it is it is horrifying yeah. to know that. Let me, t- let me tell you something, Dan Franks. Okay, um, you should know better. All podcasts should be listened to at one time speed. How dare you destroy my art? Let me tell you something. If I if there was a way to do it. And I hope someone comes up with the technology. And maybe since Dan Franks is in the business, he can come up with this technology. If there was a way to prevent people from listening on faster speeds, 
I would absolutely slap that button and stop people from listening to this podcast on anything other than one time speed. I am so insulted when people tell me that they listen to this podcast, which is my art, which is my creation, my vision, what I live for. Okay. I am so insulted when people say, ah, I listen to you on two times speed. First of all, I don't understand how you understand a single word out of Rich's mouth because he speaks so fast anyway. That That's what gets me is when people say, oh, I listen to the flagship on two and two and a half. And I'm like, I, do you understand a word either of us? Like, there's no way you hear a single word that I say. And it's not like, you know, you, you have the long pauses and everybody, you're well known for your long pauses. But once you get going, you know, you're not really, you know, you, you talk pretty fast yourself. So I cannot imagine what this show sounds like. It has just got to be a manic, like, insane audio just dump of just, like, people screaming and yelling and going. It's got to be so fast, so fast on, on, on two times. I can't imagine. And my long pauses are, are, are strategically placed. <laughs> They're art. And, and it's insulting to me. And Frank's. And let me tell you, you're not the only offender. You're just who happens to be in the chat room talking about it right now. Because I see all these ne'er-do-wells uh, talking about cranking it up to two and a half speed. It, it drives me nuts. If there was a way to stop that, I absolutely – at the expense of possibly losing downloads and listens, I would absolutely prevent people from doing the art, it. The art is more important than, than the money, as you said. The, the social construct of money is, is one thing, but the art is, is – that will live on. You know, when, when, when you're dead and gone, people – they won't care how many subscribers you had on Patreon, but they will listen to the art that you did on a, a Thursday Tea Reviews with a very long pause and go, yes, this is it. This is what it is. So I'm with you. You know, when I make a, when I make a tremendous point, my solo audio, and I just give the long pause and let that point sink in, I mean, how could you uh, – these people, because they, they also do the gimmick where they eliminate all the – They eliminate uh, the, the spaces. Yeah, eliminate the pauses. Just killing my show. Destroying my show. It's like taking a, a, a music and listening to it on double speed, or, or 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 a movie and just fast forwarding through the scenes you don't want to watch. I, these are my creations. Really, it hurts me. It hurts me deep in my soul. People eliminate the the you know the the long pauses. They speed it up. It really hurts my feelings, Rich. Honestly, it uh. It brings me down to think about. Do you ever think about how these podcasts will live forever, long past when we're dead? You ever think about that? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I, I, I do, and that's it's weird. I, I it's it's very strange, and I, I kind of get that same thing when people are like, uh, "Hey, do you guys have the episode where you covered like the 2014 Dead or Alive cage match?" I'm like, "Why do you care?" <laughs> like, why, like, I get it; it's cool, like it's nice, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, it, it's it we're, we do such a weird show that I I, I can't imagine. Like, so our, you know, the, the stuff we do on Patreon, like the, the, um, you know, the deep dives and the VOW retro stuff and Jovember to remember, like all that stuff is, that's fine. Like I get why people 10 years from now would listen to that or 20 years from now or whatever. That's fine. I get that. Cause it's like, oh, well I'm watching this WrestleMania and they're talking about it or I'm watching this and they're talking about it. But to go back and listen to an old flagship. And I know that there might be like a segment that people want or, okay, I want to see what you guys say about this. But there are people that just go back and just fully listen to like a 2015, like a March of 2015 episode of the flagship. And I just, I can't, it, it's gotta be strange unless, I mean, there might be some perverse reason to like, see how we react to certain news and see if we were wrong or whatever, which is very rarely, if, if ever that we were ever wrong, but it's just, yeah, it, it, it's very strange, especially with the show that we do 
why you'd go back and listen. But yeah, there's going to be people in 40 years for some ungodly reason. I'll just, I'll delete the tapes. There's no way that I, I, on my deathbed, I'll, I'll, I'll delete all that shit and get it out of there. So no one has to do that. But there, yeah, there would be somebody in 40, 50 years that would want to, uh, to listen to that. I like how it just killed us off in 40, 50 years. Maybe you, I don't know about me. I guess, I guess. Speak for yourself, pal. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be doing this show in 40 years. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Just um, you and I, just cranky ass. Like, we're already so, I imagine how cranky we're going to be then. You know? Well, like, I mean. Talking about the good old days of Will Ospreay. You know what I mean? Like, the, well, yeah, yeah, that's when that's when guys knew how to work. You know? Right, right. These these kids today need to slow it down like Will Ospreay. <laughs> right, yeah. As they're doing like someone back. got, yeah, they're um, jumping out of fucking helicopters and shit. And we're like, ah, you know, back in the, Will Ospreay didn't need a damn helicopter to jump from 20 feet. He just did it over the top rope, you know? That's, yeah, I, I kind of get why people want to listen to the old shows. I mean, we do do a topical show, so, but, but I, you know, it, 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 what blows my mind is like in the year 2160, is there going to be someone who's like, I wonder what people thought of wrestling Don Taku 2014. And then they go on whatever device exists at that time. And they pull up an old flagship and listen to our takes on some Tetsuya Naito match. from uh, You know, destruction and Bipu in 2015 or something like that's going to be a thing. And sometimes I, you know, I'll lay in bed at night and think about things like that, you know, and then it just makes me more angry that people listen on like 2.5 speed. It always comes back to that. Well, Dan, Dan says sorry, but uh, I don't know if sorry is going to cut it this time, pal. So um, just change, just change your <sighs> yeah. ways. Just stop, you know, stop destroying Joe's art is all. Just respect the art. That's all I ask. <laughs> just respect the art. I, uh, I, I one time I, I had a podcast app that had the, the trim silence thing and I had, I had it on for a while and I didn't even know, I think it may have defaulted to it or, or something like that. And uh, it was weird because it would give me like after a few months of doing it, I found a screen where it showed me, quote, how much time I had saved from trimming the silence. And I was kind of. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. It was. So, A, it was like, oh my God, that's a lot of silence that I, I, I cut out. It was like way higher number than you would think. But then I was also thinking, like, man, how do I know that this thing definitely trimmed the silence and that I didn't miss something, you, you know? And then that kept right. me up at night. Like, man, how, how. There's no way I missed, like, 17 hours of silence so i wonder what they cut out then like what what did they think was silence but was just like a a, a low thought or like somebody you know thinking or, or anything like that or yeah it's it just you know you, you trim that silence you, you play with fire guys i don't know you might miss a pithy take that you know uh, make, make or break the, the whole show number plus the number might have been depressing like like i've i've trimmed uh six days worth of silence and then it's like, well, then how much time have I wasted? Actually, they shouldn't give you those statistics because they're just going to put you in a terrible mood and they're going to make you think you're wasting your life. Yeah, like uh, Apple does that. I don't know if uh, I'm not sure if Android uh, does it as well, but Apple has like a screen time thing now where uh, you can get reports at the end of the week. And it's like you spent X amount of time using this app and X amount of time using that app. And that uh, that's a great feature because very quickly you go, oh, dear God, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I spending? Especially with Twitter, it was just like, oh, dear God. Jesus Christ, what the things I could be doing other than sitting for four hours and five minutes in a, in a, in a week, you know, on Twitter. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, that's just horrifying. So, yeah, that actually it helped me in that sense. It shamed me 
uh, in, into being more aware of what I was doing. But then, then unfortunately, I got rid of the screen time report because then I was like, well, uh, I have to do it for work and uh, I do it for, you know, as I'm live, you know, tweeting a, a, a WWE pay-per-view or something like that. And I, you know, like I rationalized it in my head and then just deleted it because I'm addicted to, you know, the flashing and the, and the re- reactions and the endorphin boost of, of <laughs> dumb tweets. But it's terrible. It's awful. I think that's designed to shame you, right? Like that's the point. Oh, yeah. Oh, for like, sure. Get off your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's got like a graph. It, yeah, it, it, it basically... Yeah, it is absolutely 100% designed for you to go, oh, dear God, I spent 11 hours on Instagram this week. Like, what am I doing with my life? And it has, like, uh, they break them down into categories. It's, like, productivity apps or, like, you know, time-wasting apps or social apps or whatever just to, like, really make you feel better, like, terrible. Because your productivity apps, trust me, those things are going to be very, very low. But then your, like, social and, like, time-wasting apps or whatever, those are going to be skyrocketing. And you're going to go, oh, Jesus, what am I doing? So, yeah. Good feature. I enjoy it. Can't you can't you do do a gimmick too where you tell it once I hit a certain number lock me out of them? I believe this one has that. Yeah, yeah, where it says when I hit, you know, X hours on Instagram just stop letting me use Instagram, which is really cool. They they um they should have a feature that just deletes Twitter from your phone and then never lets you run and reinstall it again. That that would be fantastic too. So Do you think at some point they'll they'll insert chips into the human body and it's like once you hit a certain calorie count, you won't be allowed to eat Mm. so you can maintain your a nice fit frame, things of that nature? (laughs) Crab Rangoon. (laughs) The worst idea, right? Uh, It's not the worst. I just think um, I think there need to be a little bit of a transition period because I think people wouldn't quite realize how easily they reach their calorie threshold in a day. Uh, And that might cause some issues as, you know, you, you eat like a donut in the morning and then, you know, take a sip of your diet coke and then you're done you know what I mean? the rest of the day and you're like oh no like i don't have the energy to get through the day like you know i mean it would be a transition period that you would definitely definitely have to but i i i don't think it's the worst idea i, I really don't maybe it'll let you eat but give you like minor discomfort yeah you, you shake do. it like vibrates so you're like oh, i can't i i need to eat because i have to but i can never ever eat a donut in the morning ever again and i need to stop drinking you know coke at, at lunch or whatever so yeah it'd be an uncomfortable few days but hopefully very quickly you would realize uh, the the error of your ways low level electroshock or maybe like uh uh it won't let you eat when you hit a certain number unless you then burn X amount of calories. Oh, I like it. You got to get on a bike. Yeah, you got to get on an exercise bike and burn 500 calories. Then you've allotted yourself, uh, you know, additional calories. Yeah. Right. Then, then it'll allow you to consume food again. Right. See, we should delete this because this should be proprietary. We should. Someone's like, going to someone's going to become a billionaire. Yeah. In 2060, when we do this flagship, we're going to be talking about how in 2021 we had this idea, and now this asshole, insert random Silicon Valley asshole guy. Uh, is, is making billions with this idea that we had, this golden idea that we had. So, it's just like my uh, my laundromat slash sports bar that got <laughs> stolen from me. Right. You know? so it's the they're all concept. over the place now. You talked about it a few months ago. It's all they're all over the place now. They're everywhere, you know. And that was my original concept, but you know, I was too broke to do anything about it. Um, but uh, I guess. Is that the end of the banter? There's no ad read, so I'm all thrown off. There's like, no ad read. Now? Yeah, there's nothing to. I mean, we're we're gonna we have plenty of topics to get to this week, but this this is we're recording this in like a a, a weird kind of what we did last year during the pandemic time, uh, and it's kind of a weird pandemic time thing in Japan as well as uh, New Japan just basically said, ah, fuck it, we're not gonna run shows for a while because <laughs> bunch of our roster has COVID and uh, there's a state of emergency and we can't have any fans and all that sort of stuff, so they're gone. Uh, all Japan is gone. Uh, Dragon Gate is marching on. They're having their King of Gate show coming up, but um, 
it does feel very much like a, a pandemic show here where there's no New Japan for wrestling. Dragon Gate is doing King of Gate in front of no fans for, for a few of their shows. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing it in the afternoon. So, so it all kind of works there. Uh, we're not going to talk big. Well, you, we could put, we could, could, I have not watched it, but we could talk uh big Japan because we were uh, a big Japan podcast for about a few weeks there during the uh, early parts of the pandemic when everybody else in the world stopped running, but big Japan was like, fuck it. We're, you don't want to go out of business. So we're running shows and we have become a big Japan show, but I think you, you've caught up on big Japan recently, correct? Yeah, they have like ten shows on tape all year. It didn't take too long, and and half of them are deathmatch tournament, which I'm not going to watch any of that. So I'm completely caught up on Big Japan. I'll do some Big Japan. I don't think you want to do Big Japan. I, I, you know, I have not caught up on the Big Japan. Unfortunately, I saw you doing it, and I was I was a little jealous because I was like, ah, oh, man, I do miss the days of us watching Big Japan. But uh, I, I I did not get to it this week. But uh, maybe maybe sometime soon we can we can dust off the Big Japan because I don't know if things are going to turn around very quickly for uh, uh, New Japan. So there might be a little while where. Uh, there's no New Japan to fill our gap. So, yeah, we, we, we filled the gap this week with a lot of indie wrestling, which we're going to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind in the, in the, in the future, uh, next few weeks, getting some, dusting off some Big Japan and seeing what's going on in the uh, – uh, there's, there's, there's not much to recommend, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it was, it's not well, – was, was were they actually good last year or was it just all that we had? I, I, I don't remember, and I don't honestly re- know if, if... – I, I thought Daishi Hashimoto had a pretty good year last year. And he's not even a wrestler I like very much. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought his title reign was was pretty good. So um, I, Big Japan was okay last year. Um, the stuff, there's not a ton on tape this year. I mean, the only match I would recommend is the uh, uh, January 2nd title match with uh, where Okabayashi lost to Nakanoe. But that, that, other than that, there was nothing I saw. And keep in mind, I don't watch any of the death match. But... Um, yeah, there was really nothing else of note that, that caught my yeah, and I mean I only watched because half of the show sounds exciting. <laughs> sounds awesome. It wasn't exciting at all. It was actually awful. <laughs> you um, recommend a match from January second. <laughs> that's the best bat big Japan match I've seen this year. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean the rest great. of it was fine, but uh yeah, it definitely doesn't and plus they're just not making tape anymore. I mean, they're you know, when they do run. And you know they alternate every year with the strong tournament and the deathmatch tournament, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and last year, last year we were lucky that yeah we had the strong side. Yeah, this year is a deathmatch, and I'm I don't watch that. I mean, the only way I'm going to watch that is if one of the matches gets a super strong wreck. Oh, and then I'll give it a shot. Remember that Takeda match a few years ago? Oh yeah, incredible. yeah. Oh yeah, great. So story. if someone recommends a deathmatch, you know that's super high end, I'll watch it. But am I watching a rank and file deathmatch show? Absolutely not, because it's just not my thing. But um. But yeah, I don't know. I guess we just did do Big Japan. There it is. We do Big Japan. Yeah, we just did Big Japan. We didn't. We didn't mean to, but we did Big Japan. But uh, yeah, we got uh, All Elite Wrestling. We'll have some stuff to talk about with them. Uh, the National Wrestling Alliance show. We always like to check in on the NWA, and uh, you're one of the the very few people in the world still checking in on NWA. So we're going to talk about uh, what they've done recently, including this week where they got a lot of uh, publicity. Well, a, a decent amount of publicity about their. Uh, uh, the recent power uh, show, uh, Dragon Gate's King Gate. We're going to talk about the blocks, the lineups, everything that's going on. It starts on uh, tomorrow, actually, May 14th, uh, and runs through the end of the month. So we'll talk a little bit about King of Gate. Uh, then we're going to bounce around the indies, but not, you know, we're not going to play headstrong while we bounce around these indies because it might be a little long. Uh, we're going to talk about AEW's Take No Prisoners, uh, Limit- Limitless Wrestling's The Games We Play, uh, as well as an additional uh, indie match that I saw that I can uh, give, some, give some thoughts about as well, the IWTV uh, title match from Beyond. Uh, wrestling with Lee Moriarty versus Wheeler Utah. Uh, then we are going to do WWE Joe. I know you cannot wait for this, but we're going to wait 
a little bit later in the show to do this. I know you're, you're, you're frothing at the mouth to give me your Dirty Dogs versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio uh, takes here. But WrestleMania Backlash, WrestleMania season still going on uh, deep into May. Uh, WrestleMania Backlash, we will preview uh, this exciting, highly anticipated show that, yes, is happening this weekend. Streaming live on, on I will never. Peacock. I will never care. I will, I will never care about Dominic. Never care about what about Dominic. what if he's facing the dirty dogs with his father, Ray Mysterio? Listen to me. <laughs> listen. I want you to listen carefully. I'm, I'm listening, yeah. To the words I have to say that are about to come out of my mouth. I will never care about Dominic. Got it? You got it, pal? I do. I will never care about I'm gonna Dominic. Ask, I'm gonna ask you later though, just just in case. You, in case your tone has changed later in the show, I will ask one more time. Oh, my answer is gonna be my answer is gonna be I will never care about Dominic. It's never gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna test that theory. This is the Dirty Dogs, Joe. I'm so confident. Robert Roode, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth, and Robert Roode. Are you sure? Here's the thing. I am so confident. Dominic, quotes, will never be good. Will, and will continue to be just this charismaless blob of a shitty pro wrestler for the entirety of his career that I will never care about Dominic. Ever. Not now. An hour from now, when we preview that show, not ten years from now, if he's still out there doing it, we'll never care about Dominic. I've been clear enough, Rich Krage. Maybe I, I I still want to test it a little bit later as we get into. Once you get the excitement that that is WrestleMania Backlash, I, I think you might change your tone a little bit, but we'll find out uh, in a little bit. See. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll find out. All right, uh, and then finally, finally. The, uh, at the end of the show here, depending on how much time we have, we are going to take your calls. We have done this uh, once or twice before on the flagship, but uh, you can get details about that at patreon.com slash voices wrestling. If you're a $10 subscriber listening now, of course, uh, uh, you have to be listening live. That's one of the things. You have to be a $10 Voices of Wrestling super fan subscriber, which again, people listening live, you are, so you're eligible to call if you're listening live, but what, if you want to do it in the future, $10 subscriber, you have to be a member of the Voice Wrestling Discord. So go to voicewrestling.com slash Discord. And again, we lay this all out at patreon.com slash voicewrestling. It's, it's very simple. Um, and then you have to hang out when we say that we are going to take calls. We'll make a little warning. We'll say, okay, we're going to do this segment. Then after this, we're going to take calls. To do that, you need to hang out in the flagship Superfans Q&A hold room. It's a voice channel on the voicewrestling.com slash Discord. You sit there, and when we call on you, we're going to put you into another room where then you are live, you are on the air, you are on the flagship, you're ready to go. Be ready to talk when you're moved to that room, and make sure when you get moved to that room that you mute the flagship stream so we don't get a bunch of feedback and we don't have to tell you to mute your flagship stream. Okay, so that's what you're going to do. We always have the question of, well, what if somebody comes in and acts like an asshole? Or what if they come in and do something? Or yada, yada, yada. It's risky to do this live. It is risky to take calls live. With that being said, the people that have to call, they're $10 subscribers. So... First off, we kind of trust them a little bit more than we trust the normal population. We are never, ever going to do open lines where we give a phone number out and people are going to call. That is never going to happen because that would be ridiculous and stupid and you'd get terrible calls all the time. So they're $10 subscribers, so we give them a little bit of credit anyway because they, they've paid $10 to do this. Uh, maybe they paid $10 just to troll us on a call, in which case, thank you for your $10, but now we're never going to call on you ever again. Or you're going to get deleted, and, and, and we'll probably just return your $10 and say don't bother anymore. So if you want to do that, if you want to be an asshole, then you get to be an asshole maybe one time and then never ever again. We don't think you're going to do that, though. So if you're a $10 subscriber, when we say that we're going to take calls, get into the Voice Wrestling Discord, voicewrestling.com slash Discord, and get into that flagship Superfans Q&A hold room, and then we will call on you 
uh, when we get to the calls. Only current events as well. Please, only wrestling current wrestling events. Don't call in and say, what are your top five matches of all time or something? Or, or you know, what's what's your favorite Bret Hart match of all time? Current wrestling events only. So talk about current wrestling. Don't just ask us random questions about uh, uh, the past wrestling or personal stuff or, or whatever, anything like that. So just current wrestling event uh, discussion there. When we take the calls, that'll be at the end of the show. Uh, and again, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling has some details uh, about how we, uh, we are going to take calls but uh joe you ready to get into this uh, AEW stuff first there's a bunch of stuff uh to talk about there we'll start out first with uh a sign of the times at least you know japan is going through some issues and canceling shows and state of emergencies and all that sort of stuff uh at least on the american front things are s- kind of returning back to normal here uh as AEW announced that they are going to be going on the road again this will be their first non-jacksonville dynamite show since march of 2020 wednesday july 7th at the james l knight center in miami uh, the next week, they'll be at the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. Uh, and the following week, they'll be at the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas as well. So in July, uh, AEW going on the road. Two additional uh, shows as well, uh, which we'll talk about briefly here, and then we'll go back to the uh, the Dynamites on the road. But uh, two additional shows. Uh, they're going to be doing a taping on Friday, November 5th in St. Louis. Uh, and then January 12th, tw- uh, 2022. I don't know why we, we need to lock this in right now. But anyway, January 12th, 2022. At uh, the UNO Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, uh, an arena that I believe you have been to, right, during a WrestleMania weekend, that ROH show. I uh, was at that 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 venue, right? I'm pretty sure that's where they ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. UNO Lakefront Arena. So, uh, as far as this though, July uh, Dynamite going on the road finally again. It feels like so long, and, and there were so few Dynamites that were actually on the road as well that it does kind of feel like Jacksonville is their home for Dynamite. Yeah, there's that weird thing. It's going to be very very strange when they come out and they're just not at Daly's place, right? That January 7th, they come out and they're in the James L. Knight Center in Miami. It's going to be a big of adjustment because, yeah, we've we've gotten used to you know a certain look and a feel of Dynamites and really the the, the look and the feel, the, the preeminent look and feel of Dynamite is Daly's place, not not you know on the, the road shows. Do you have that same thought too or, or, or do you think it's not going to be that weird and you'll, you'll get right back to it? I've been to that building in Cedar Park too. I was going to say, is that, are any of these near uh-huh. you? I don't know any Texas geography and I feel bad doing like like you said, your mom does. She's like, oh, uh, my friend lives in Corpus or like, you know, Houston. And you're like, mom, that's like nine hours away from me. Like, I can't. No, you know. um, Peter Park is just part. It's it's Austin, basically. OK, OK. So that uh, it's a it's a minor league hockey arena. Uh, it's a Dallas Stars affiliate plays there. I've been to uh, one of their games. That I've been I've actually been to wrestling in that building. That was the building where I went to that. Uh, TNA house show, and we were accused by the TNA um, fans of doctoring the photo of like empty seats. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was at the HEB Center. Yes, Fantastic. that was the that show was at this same building in Cedar Park, where um, the the TNA lunatic fringe, the TNA asylum fans. I posted pictures of building during the first match. And they claimed that Rich and I photoshopped the picture and took all of the fans out to make it look like there were less people there than there really were because of our anti-TNA agenda. Yes, to what what benefit that I spent hours meticulously, which did not make sense because you sent the photo out like clearly while it was going on. but, But anyway, yeah, I don't know to what end I meticulously taking the fans out of the crowd. I would have done other than to uh, to stroke my mustache and go ha 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 lol tna you suck I, yeah that that was i guess the only uh, purpose 
after that. That, you that, could see, that was a long day, too. You could see people in the ring, which is my best part, too. You were like, they're in the ring. Like, look at the wrestlers. They're in the ring. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, they claimed we took the picture before the show started. And you can clearly see Gail Kim wrestling inside the ring in the picture. So then they changed it. Uh, then they claimed that we were airbrushing people out of the po- just completely insane stuff. Which <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. Don't know if people could remember the the old TNA Asylum or whatever, but those uh, those people were insane. I mean, it was literally an, an asylum. Oh, Mecca! I'm ripping the wrong site, right? Uh, TNA Mecca okay. was. The crazy I don't. One. I don't know the exact history. I might be getting wrong. Who was who? You know who was first and who who came after? But there was a TNA Asylum. And that was bad. And then there was a TNA Mecca, and that was equally bad. So, oh no, I think it was the the there was TNA Asylum, and it wasn't qu- quite militant enough. Yes, for correct. The, so, so it, TNA Mecca was the spinoff site where with all of the crazies. So I'm slandering the wrong site. I think TNA Mecca was the one that was really, really bad with the people who were just completely insane. That, that, was that run and, by the guy who uh, faked his death, or was that Asylum? Yes. That was Mecca. Oh, yeah, it was the guy who faked his death, yeah. <laughs> now, what, did, what did the big dog, where did he write at? Was he Mecca as well? Mecca. The Bark yeah. of the Dog? Yeah, okay. Bark of the Dog, which used to be a bit we would do. We would read <laughs> it was it great. It was e- the easiest bit ever is just read the in- insane ramblings of the big dog on, uh, on TNA Mecca. Yeah, that, those are those classic flagship days where I would just have you in tears and all I had to do was read <laughs> Bark of the Dog. So. The bark of the dog, yeah, big dog. I don't know what happened to him or any of those people, honestly. I think they're in that weird. Um, what's that site they're on now? It's I, just like yeah, the site they used to they of... used to threaten us every single week, and I was just like, "Who are you? Like, yeah. what are you doing?" And then they just stopped threatening us. So I forget what that website is, but he was like, "Yeah, we would get DMs where he's like, oh, fuck you guys. We have the best wrestling calendar in the world.'" And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> like, sure." Like, yeah, they had like a wrestling calendar, were... and they were like, it made a big deal about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that's great, man. I don't have a wrestling calendar. I don't really. Care. He got like really upset when I did the WrestleMania schedule the one year, and he's like, "Oh, you're trying to you know steal my thing?" And I was like, "What, I, what thing? What are you talking about?" Because yeah, we have the wrestling calendar. We're, it's like, all right, well then, fine. You have the wrestling calendar. I don't care. <laughs> like, and he get really upset about it for a lot of time. I think that is a, a lineage uh, to the TNA uh, weirdos, and I, I cannot for the life of me, life of me, remember uh, what the hell the name of that site is. So. Yeah, it's um can't either. But Trevor Dame, who does the ROH retro, what's the name of his podcast? Uh, through the Plug years, it. through the years, ROH through the years. But it's like hard to pronounce because he tries to be cute with the name. It's like <laughs> it's T H R O H, the years. So yeah, the the, the throw, throw, through the years. Yeah, he 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 he's a, a frequent visitor of whatever their latest psychopath site is with the impact stuff and he actually has a patreon where he goes po- i don't is that still active I, patreon I don't i don't know if it is it, you, I, I think it used to be a little bit more active i think maybe it's it, it's calmed down in recent years but that that was pretty awesome so uh, he uh, yeah he became the he t- it's great because he would take all the heat from those people off of everybody else because they he's like their public enemy number one because he calls out all their bullshit uh but uh, but yeah. Anyway, discuss PW. Discuss PW is the name of the website, by the way. So discuss, yeah, discuss. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, that's where they go. That's where they are now. There's no more Mecca. No more uh, Asylum. January 18th. Uh, uh, Trevor Dame uh, retired. He hung up the uh, the boots here. Uh, January 18th, 2020. Up. He said it's over. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. So. Yeah, he was doing a nice job at that. 
But um, yeah, anyway, I've been to that uh, building in Cedar Park, and uh, who knows, I may be there soon again. I was going to say, yeah, maybe you can find yourself over there. And then uh, the, the Colwell Center in Garland, Texas, you're nowhere near Garland, Texas, right? Uh, where the fuck is Garland, Texas? Let's let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah, I have no, I, I have no Texas geography knowledge whatsoever. I, I only recently shit. figured out where the cities actually are in relativity to the, the state itself. Is I, it's like Dallas, Fort Worth. So it's like three hours. I'm okay. not going to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not driving three hours. Um, especially if I go the week before. So, um, who knows? I mean, it's all a write-off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should get some comms. Come on, you're Joe Lanza. No, I know, but even oh, fuck that. The gas, everything. Are you kidding me? I, I, I keep all your receipts, Rich. I do. If it's wrestling, related. I learned. I learned that yeah. this year. This year, I, uh, I learned you. Learned the way you know, actually, you know what? You, I, I was making fun of your life, life advice uh, earlier uh, in the show, but you gave me some tremendous tax advice. So, one thinks I'm just a like a gimmick. I know what I'm doing <laughs> over here. The feds have not ringed the doorbell yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm still good so far. So. I fuck them. Listen, what's the worst that could happen? You owe them a couple thousand bucks, right? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I got receipts. You know, like you, like you said, I got receipts. If they need them, I got, them, got your so. receipts. Yeah. yeah. And what's the worst that could happen? They go through it, audit it, and they find a couple. You know, you know, bent some rules here. Yeah. Did know, I drive that there. many miles to do the flagship? Eh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I just did it. You know, close to my house. But they don't have to know that. So then they say you owe us twelve hundred dollars, sir. And yeah, you write them a then check. I cut them a check and get them away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no big deal. It happened to me once or twice, but that's neither <laughs> wait, here nor there. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I was told this was ironclad. That's... I told you a couple years ago they came for me for. Uh, that was. It, it, listen, it's an it's an off the air story. The point is, it's all taken care of. Um, wasn't an official audit. It was a. Uh, who cares? I, they probably do care, but I'm not going to tell the story on the air. Um, point is here, neither one of us are Pete Rose or, or Willie Nelson. So, you know, you're never going to owe them like a yeah, million dollars. Yeah, I'm not Wesley Snipes here. Like, yeah, I, I have been paying taxes. I just maybe didn't pay yes. as many as they want me to pay. So that's fine. <laughs> so you just fucking write everything off on earth that you can think of. And then, you know, if if you do get audited and they find it, it's not nothing you're not going to be able to handle. Anyway. Uh, this is why uh, Rich doubts that people take my life advice, but that's my life. That's my tax advice to everybody um, who's doing a pro wrestling podcast. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm thinking about going to Cedar Park for sure because that's not much of a uh, a distance. But Garland, that might be pushing it. It's the drive back. That's the problem. The drive back, to, especially after a wrestling show, it's just you're you're, you're done, and especially like a, a dynamite show and. That's going to be tough. That's tricky. So I, I don't blame anybody for wanting to drive. That, I'll drive that far for certain things, but after a wrestling show, it's just like, yeah. The, the, you'll drive there three hours. You're like, oh, who cares? You know, but, but if you're just going to sit down for two, three hours or whatever and then get up and then get back in that car on that same night, that, that's a grind. That's a grind for six hours of driving in a day. Get a room and you write it off. There, you now we're talking. It. Now we're talking. Right off that lodging. Um, listen. You do. I do one NFL Intelligentsia show a year, and then you write off the NFL <laughs> Sunday ticket. That's you know, that's the hustle. Um, so yeah, those are the, the two shows in Texas, and then yeah, look, I don't know what to say about this. Look, I, are you one of these? Are you going to pearl clutch over uh, you know the COVID not really being over and putting people? Are you one of these people or no? Like, uh, I, mean, don't, do you, do I don't care anymore about this. Yeah, it's I don't care either, right? yeah, it, it's hard to get upset, especially in this country. It's hard to get upset. I mean, we, we've we've reached a point, obviously, now where 
Um, and I don't know about you know in Texas or certain areas, but in Chicago, there's like a surplus of vaccines, and it sucks because we're nowhere near like the herd immunity whatsoever. But we're at a point now where it's like, all right, look, everybody that wanted them, they basically have them. Uh, what do you want us to do? Like now they're we're we're vaccinating like twelve year olds. You know what I mean? Like twelve to fifteen year olds are getting vaccinated now in our area. So it's just like, all right, at this point, we're literally just putting it in anybody who who really wants it. So uh, at this point, any adult that wanted the vaccine that that cared about it has it. The CDC is now saying we can you know vaccinated people can stop wearing masks indoors, outdoors. So it's I'm at a point now where it's like, all right, I knew I was going to get to this point where I'm like, all right, whatever, like whatever. It, the people that are 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 at risk, it, there are still people at risk, no doubt. But a lot of people at risk are are choosing to be at risk. And I frankly just can't care anymore, and I'm ready to get my life going again. So, sorry. <laughs> like, I hate to be callous and, and an asshole, but I don't care. I just went to a wrestling event uh, a few days ago. Obviously, it was a mass wrestling event or whatever. Uh, at this point, I, I, I can't really get super, super upset about it. So, no, I, I, I've it's reached fan, that point for I sure. mean, fans at the Super Bowl. There's fans at every Major League Baseball game. There's, there's, there's concerts at this point with, like, uh, sold-out crowds. How can I get up in arms over AEW putting fans in the building? WWE putting fans. How can I? How can I get up in arms about that? You know, why should wrestling not get going when everything else, when everybody else has gotten going? So um, I'm not worked up about it either. Look, it's going to be good atmospheres for these shows. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to get these shows in front of uh, you know different fans and uh, some some actual arenas. The atmosphere. I think the wrestlers are going to be very excited about working somewhere else in front of fans. And uh, it's going to be reflected in their performances as well. So I'm excited about all this, you know. And and again, it's just another step and crawl towards normalcy. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, for sure. You know, I think that's important too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like I said, it's going to be really weird to see that transition because it it, it's people kind of forget that AEW. You know, was really. I mean, Dynamite was only what, a few months old at that point by the time that they already had to start going to Daly's Place fully. I mean, I, I don't know the numbers, but I think they crossed that threshold uh, quite a while ago where they've had more Daly's Place shows than they had any other, you know, kind of touring shows uh, uh, for Dynamite. So that, that's pretty wild as well. So it is going to be a change of pace. And like you said, I think there's no doubt that like that first night when they all walk out there on January 7th and the crowd's going nuts or whatever, and they're in the, this James L. Night Center in Miami or whatever, and if it's a decent crowd, which it should obviously be, and it'd be a hot crowd because these people, most of these people probably have not seen live wrestling in, in, in a year plus, like it's going to be awesome. And you, you're going to feel it in the work. Like I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that WrestleMania definitely benefited from that where those fans because we saw it it was an, uh, a total great effort from everybody at wrestlemania i mean the, the matches themselves everything just felt so much better so much more important so much more impactful the work felt better the atmosphere felt better all of it felt better and then they go you know they go right back obviously to, to, to the thunderdome and then the capital wrestling center and all that sort of stuff and it just doesn't doesn't have that same look and feel so once you're finally ready to move on and and, and get away and and really start touring it's it's going to be awesome and i think it's going to be reflected in the work uh, immediately and, and and let's hope that like you said that this is another step towards normalcy and this just becomes commonplace and and we can kind of put this entire period and this entire year behind us and 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 move on is is the hope but of course only we only have this july 7th uh the next week and then the week after uh shows scheduled right now but uh there's there's no doubt in my mind they're probably gonna try to find some other ones over the over the course as they're waiting for different states to to you know adapt the rules or change the rules or or, or, or whatever um it's there'll be more i mean they they are going to want to start touring uh, again for dynamite and, and and that's a good thing it's all you have the fallback of daily's place if anything goes wrong anything gets canceled anything you always have that fallback and that's a great asset to have but uh i think you me and and, and pretty much everybody uh is ready to get away from there for at least a little bit and, and and get to some live shows in front of some crowds again 
I remember when they ran, what was it? Um, one of their like three pay per view pay per views when they were just getting started. I fr- what did they and they well, ran there was a there was double or nothing, uh, double or nothing, and then there was the fighter fest. Are you thinking of fighter fest? Maybe fighter fest, one of them, whichever one. I guess it doesn't make a difference to my point. I remember when they first ran Daly's place. I was thinking to myself, this building has a real unique look and could really be their signature building, and they should run this several times per year. Mm-hmm. Little did I know. Yeah, how about 50? <laughs> what about 60 times? How about that year? How about that? And now I don't want to see Daly's Place again for, for a long, long time, because obviously, you know. But, yeah, it just, it, it really, uh, uh, really thought it could be kind of their, you know, MSG, ECW Arena, whatever you want, you know, uh, uh, um, Arena Mexico, uh, sort of signature building that you associate with the promotion. You know what I mean? And um, oh, that definitely has become the case now. I think if they had their way, they wouldn't run the building again for for like a year. But like you're saying, there's going to be situations where they can't. You know, we're still not completely out of the pandemic, so there's going to be situations where a city cancels on them or they can't book a building or whatever. And I'm sure they'll be back again, but it'd be nice if they can get away from it for a long time. That would be really nice. And then I think you can have a, that point you can have a special show where you're returning to that. building. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cause I think people are going to kind of look at this era years from now, you know, for AEW is kind of like, you know, once the pandemic's really in the rear view and everything, it's it's there's going to be some fondness to it. Like, oh, remember the Daily's Place shows during the pandemic, and um, you know, and I think that that the building, is, it you know, inadvertently is going to become sort of that signature AEW building that I'm talking about, just not in the way that was ever originally intended. Right. They created their identity. I mean, and that, that was kind of my point, uh, you know, initially is like they've created their identity. I mean, there are a lot of us are only, you know, frame of reference for dynamite really like, and, and I have to think long and hard. And I went to dynamites in other arenas. You know what I mean? I, I was, I've watched all the dynamites that took place in other arenas. But like when I think when you close your eyes and you think of AEW dynamite, you think of Daly's place, you know what I mean? You think of that tunnel, you think of that, you know, every part of it that you think of that. And they, they really created that. I mean, when they became, they're still kind of a fledgling company in the early days as they're kind of working their way, you know, trying to figure things out. And a lot of those early arena shows were some would be good and some were hit or miss and some were bad as they were still trying to kind of find their identity. Well, I think over the last year, they did find that identity. I think they did figure out what their company was and they did figure out, you know, what things work and what aspect, you know, what, you know, who to push and, and who's stars and who who's not and who's, you know, the, the champions and how to, and all this sort of stuff was all developed in Daly's place. So it's like a weird thing where, where you're absolutely right that, that, it, that, that will be the identity of AEW, even if they didn't want it to be that it will be that. And I think this will always, we'll always look back at this era and say, yeah, this is when AEW really defined what they were going to be. And, and I think that's, you know, you, you had a, you had a great point. I believe you said it. I, I think it was on Twitter where you said, just imagine, imagine the last year, if dynamite doesn't exist, if AEW doesn't exist, the last year of wrestling and just the slog it would have been if we had WWE, uh, Impact, may, maybe Ring of Honor what it was, but obviously Ring of Honor took a lot of the time off. Like in America, we have WWE and Impact. That's it. Like yeah. that's all. That's all we would talk and, about every single week. Clap crowd wrestling in Japan. Yeah. And that's it. That's in, all we have. Oh, my God. Like EW is... I mean, I can't imagine the pandemic era of pro wrestling without AEW. It carried pro wrestling, at least for me. 
and I think probably for good portion of our listeners, I mean, it would have been dire without AEW because they figured out atmosphere before anybody else did. First, extras stationed around ringside. Then later, because they happened to be in Florida and things were a little looser, being a select number of real fans in the building pretty early on, all things considered. Oh, don't forget about shooting they, shooting wrestling different as well. I mean, they, they were the first member yeah. shooting towards the entranceway when WWE did their first few weeks of shows shooting towards a row of empty seats, which in hindsight, it's like, why would you ever, ever do that? Yeah. But they did. They well, shot a row of empty seats. <laughs> everyone was figuring it out on the fly. You know, I, I don't even blame the promote, you know, and it's like, People are st- there's promotions still figuring this out on the fly and trying different things and adjusting. And Japan's moving backwards, unfortunately. You mentioned New Japan just fucking throwing in the towel, well, like, you know, because they had all those COVID positives on top of the state of emergency. And you know, some of the other Japanese promotions. We'll talk about King of Gate later on an empty arena again. They're going backwards. Mexico has just been a complete shit show. Um, you know, and and you know, I watched that uh, Volador bandito match from february that that hyped match and i reviewed it behind the paywall in empty arena mexico and god was that a shock to my system because i had not watched any lucha and zero cmll since the pandemic started that was just spooky that famed building with that those that great atmosphere that they normally have and these two guys are just in an empty arena mexico i mean it was just you know it was almost it was just surreal in a lot of ways weird um So, yeah, AEW figured it out before anyone else did, and I think they've absolutely been the best promotion in the world during the pandemic, and a lot of it has to do with them figuring out the atmosphere, and and, um, it just helps a ton, you know, and and Thunderdome and things like that are fine, but it just feels so overproduced at times, too, and and the other promotions are just doing their best, but, um, yeah, try to imagine pro wrestling during the pandemic. With in a world where AEW doesn't exist, yeah, it's, it's pretty horrifying to think about. Horrifying, yeah, it is, it is real. Like I, I really, honestly don't know what we would have done on a weekly basis had had AEW not existed. Had we not at least have something to build to and something to talk about and all that, it, it, it would have. Well, there'd be stuff to talk about, but our enthusiasm levels overall would have been dampened for sure because there was very little else to be excited about mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. pro wrestling. You know, occasionally New Japan will still have a, a like we like Shingo Will Ospreay. I was excited to talk about that once it happened because it was so great. Right? We still would have had great matches here or there to talk about with this cloud of just negativity surrounding it all. Ah, the clap crowds. Ah, the fucking pandemic. Ah, oh, it's fucking. You know, it's like. But AEW, kind of like they were the they were essentially. I mean, as close to normal as you could be under the circumstances and, and have continued to have a great run of TV. Uh, the pay-per-views are hit or miss, um, but you know, clearly carrying pro wrestling on their back during the pandemic. I mean, I, 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 you know, and it's funny because they have so many wrestlers who have never wrestled outside of Daly's place on their roster. Yeah, now I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's, it's the, you look at. Go Look ahead. at Brody Lee. Brody Lee never wrestled in front of real fans. He wrestled in Norcross, Georgia, Jacksonville. That's it. And there's other wrestlers on their roster who, you know, Matt Hardy's another one. He joined around the same time Brody Lee did. 
maybe even on the same dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, all the guys in the Cody challenge, whether it's Ricky Starks or Eddie Kingston, uh, you know, so uh, uh, Miro, anyone who's come into the company, uh, you know, since last March. Yeah, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Anthea Gogo, like, or Seidel may have, may have been in front of crowds a, a, a little bit. But yeah, like you said, there's just so many guys that just never, ever wrestled in front of crowds. It's, it, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, you know, because it's been because we're talking 15 months or whatever it is now, which is an eternity in pro wrestling in terms of your roster and, and whatnot, because of how quickly rosters change now. So the the, the wrestlers are going to be jacked up to finally get out of that building, wrestle in front of different fans. Um, the fans are going to be excited to be going to pro wrestling again. You went to AAW. How did that feel to go to pro wrestling? It was cool. It was pretty cool. It was uh, the it was weird because uh, I hadn't really been to much of anything uh, you know, outside, uh, uh, you know, in, in really anything any like kind of big events, but whatever. But yeah, it was awesome. Hearing the hearing the bounce of the ring, hearing people cheer, it was like, oh yeah, here we go. We're 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 back. Like we're we're, we're back in a sense. So that was that was really really cool. Uh, to finally feel, yeah, like there, 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 there was it again. It's like you said that 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 sense of normalcy that is that is so important, uh, and and we were not getting for so so long as well. Yeah. So uh, I real quickly, I I wanted to actually I found the uh, the last dynamite to take place in front of uh, an actual crowd. You want to read the card here real quick? Yeah, that sounds fun. It's uh, so this is at the Maverick Center in West Valley City, Utah. I don't know where West Valley City, Utah is, but uh, that was on the 11th of uh, of, uh, of March. So March 11th, uh, the last time there. So Cody versus Ortiz was your opener. B. Priestley and Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. Wow. MJF and the Butcher and the Blade versus the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt. The Death Triangle, Pac, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix. Defeat Joey Janela and Private Party. Wow. <laughs> like, oh. Seems so long ago. Uh, and then your main event, Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And, you know, that's when MJF was paying Butcher and the Blade to be his henchman. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Um, the other thing we have to address is, in a weird way, pandemic absolutely helped AEW as a whole. Well, they got their ratings back, had their most successful pay-per-view during the pandemic. So from a business perspective, outside of not being able to tour with the, with the show, they've held up well. Okay, But in terms of if the pandemic doesn't happen, that of dark never changes. And there's like a dozen people that are currently on their roster that – with that butterfly effect may not be on the roster. They have found talent thanks to the format change of dark and bringing in the indie wrestlers. I mean, dark is a tryout system. Let's be honest. That's what dark is. You want to know why dark has 15 matches? Cause they're trying people out and they're getting people work that are already on the roster. And, you know, and, and they have, they've, they've, they, they utilize that to their advantage and they can't turn back now. They can't go back to the old dark. That's why dark elevation exists now. Because what they realize that dark has been a boon to them. And they're finding talent through that. 
and they're developing talent that they find through Dark. Yeah, Tay Conti and is, Rich, I think, that, one of the best examples of somebody that, that developed entirely through AEW Dark. Like, you know, came from the PC as still raw parts, and essentially they just hit her on Dark for six or seven months, and she came out, and now she is what she is now, which is obviously still not a completed product. There's still a lot of work to go, but, like, you take what she was when she entered... And then what she was after the months and months and months of just being hidden on dark and doing matches, and it's night and day. I mean, I'm sure there was other work, you know, behind the scenes as well, but like largely a lot of just doing reps, just reps on dark, and that and that's what it's all about uh, for wrestlers. And you do not, you don't get that in the performance center. You don't get that in a training school. Reps out in the middle of the ring with different opponents, uh, in front of crowds, you know, pseudo crowds or real crowds or whatever. That's when you develop, and we, we saw it with, with, with Take Conti. I think is the best example so far. Of, of a dark project that that has worked out tremendously for them. I mean, just look at the litany of names that started on dark and are now part of the main roster and slowly being developed. You name Tay Conti, then there's Lee Johnson and, uh, you know, the guys that are all part of QT's crew, uh, you know, um, Camarado and Aaron Solo. And um, I know I'm forgetting a million different people, but it's like dark has been a tremendous recruitment tool. And then the development uh, you know, and then helpful, very helpful in the development process because it's not just, you know, going away to QT school or the Nightmare Factory or or, or Matt Seidel school or wherever else to get your reps. You're getting your reps in real matches that are going to be broadcast uh, with the lights on, you know, and, and I don't know if any of that happens. I don't know if they figure any of that out if the pandemic doesn't force them into it. And I think that's such an under-discussed topic when it comes to AEW and – um and 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 what has gone down at least in that company in the pandemic era i mean they they you know how can they i'm sure they will go back to filming three matches before dynamite that are all between mid carters and then making that dark but now they they see the benefit of what dark is and that's why they created this dark elevation because they don't want to lose that they they because they see how important that's been yeah. to uh you know uh not just talent development but just straight up building a foundation and building a bench oh you know, and 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 building a roster so um well, that's something that i don't think we've talked a lot about but is one of the if if anything in terms of wrestling if anything good has come out of the pandemic that's got to be near the top of the list how AEW really pivoted off of this and figured out uh, a new way to find and develop talent. Yeah, because there was always the pressure when you're when you're running TV that yeah you you only have X amount of time and you're you, you know you have an hour or a half an hour before the show or whatever. Whereas yeah, what we saw with with Dark is yeah that they can film twenty matches in a day. They can film twenty. They can film it till three a.m. They can film one match at nine a.m. and another match at ten a.m. and then another match at five p.m. Or like there's so much you can do with that and that ability to kind of construct your own arena and stuff. And it, it 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 is a throwback in a lot of ways to just the old days of studio wrestling and 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 that's cool. I think studio wrestling is tremendous and i i think uh there's nothing wrong with doing it and i think it is an asset moving forward so if there's anything that we have learned from this uh pandemic is that you, you know you don't have to necessarily shy away uh from studio wrestling that there is benefits to to doing it and obviously they kind of got their hand forced in terms of how, how dark worked and and how it works but i i do think you're right that, that i think some other companies and, and particularly AEW, is going to realize that uh yeah forcing you know your developmental to just be 30 minutes before a show is is, is not necessarily 
the best route and that yeah it's studio wrestling has its downsides for sure but but the positives far far outweigh the negatives especially if it's not your primary source of television which which is uh, is where dark fits in perfectly i think we've talked about many times over the years how complacency is bad in pro wrestling and when you're forced into a precarious situation or we talk about in new japan when when WWE rated their talent in 2016 or whatever it was, and it lit a fire under them and it made them change the way they do some things. And, and it made them elevate new people. You know, sometimes you need that adversity to figure out, uh, to, 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 mo- to not just motivate you, but figure out different ways of doing things and make you think outside the box because you can get very comfortable when, hey, look, we talk about all the time with Vince McMahon. When is he at his best when he's being challenged? That's with no question that you look historically, when is their product the most interesting when Vince is being challenged, you know, because it it forces you to stop being complacent and think differently and try different things. And what the pandemic did with AEW is force them to rethink, um, you know, uh, at first they just had to figure out a way to put together shows and they just needed the talent. You look at some of those early pandemic shows when, some talent weren't comfortable traveling or you couldn't travel. Put your Lee Johnsons of the world on dynamite. That's what was available to them. And maybe in an alternate universe, that guy never gets discovered. And I think he has a chance to be a real star. Mm-hmm. So the Cody, that, yeah, the Cody challenges. Who knows if those even you know, happen and they signed you know, everybody for those Cody challenges, except for Warhorse, of course. But yeah, you, you know, those, those speak for themselves too. It's just, uh, I think that's one of the positives that has really come out. Um, can you think of any other positives in um, terms of uh, in pro wrestling to come out of the pandemic? Um, because that's definitely one for sure. Um, can't really think of it. It's been pretty fucking dire. No, I, really I mean, there's there's stuff that has been fine and stuff that we've adapted to. But no, I can't say <laughs> like I can't say there's too much that I would keep. I think um no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, yeah, because somebody brought that up as, as, as a question, you know, where you're looking for topics, you know, yesterday and, and, and discussing, hey, what we're going to talk about in the show. Uh, and, and that was uh, one that came up a few times. So, you know, what, what, what has been a positive that has come from, you know, the pandemic of wrestling? And, and I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're, like you said, Dark is, is probably one of them. You know, AEW kind of finding itself is one of them, but I don't know that I would really keep much of anything else. I think most of I don't think been... any, yeah, I can't think of another promotion that's going to keep any of the concepts that they've been forced into of the pandemic with the exception of dark the way that dark is formatted um in wwe okay we've speculated that they may be tempted to keep the thunderdome but doesn't look like that's going to happen at least for because you know the whole where you can control the reactions i mean that's very appealing to them didn't Matt Men report this is a good transition, I guess. Didn't Matt Men report today that they're going back on the road as well? Uh they did, and, and it's the Matt Men podcast. Uh, they're on F4Wonline.com. Uh and they they had the NXT news before anybody else as well that NXT was moving to Tuesdays, like a month before everybody else had it. Uh, and we said even then, like, hey, listen to these guys. We we think they got pretty good sources, they're pretty uh uh uh, uh good there. Well then they uh, just said from today, they recorded a show today. Uh, and so the WWE is planning a return of fans. This is all it says. It does not say they're going on the road. Uh, it doesn't say specifically anything else. It just says WWE is planning a return of fans on July 16th. So read into that however you'd like. A planning a return of fans on July 16th. Guys have solid sources. I've listened to that show. These, you know, they're not in, and like he, they nailed the NXT moving to Tuesday thing before anybody. So, um, 
they say it's happening, it's happening. I believe them. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not much more information to that. I don't know if that means television. I doubt it means house shows. I mean, why would you start running? You wouldn't yeah, run house shows. I mean, I they may not run house shows ever again. I I, I don't mean. know. I honestly don't think they ever. I mean, they they might run a few here and there, but I think the days of of you know four house shows a week or four or five house shows a week, those days are over. And they were already kind of winding them down even before the pandemic. And I think now financially, there's just absolutely no reason whatsoever. And I, I've argued this for years and years and years, but now more than ever, there is no justification whatsoever for going on the road and, 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 and you know, taking punches of those bump cards or just the, the cost of getting everybody up and, and moving everybody around and getting everything together. There's just no purpose in doing that ever again. So, uh, yeah, I cannot imagine the return of house shows anytime soon, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it, I read that into like, yeah, that they're, you know, I don't think that means fans and you know whatever arena that they're going to be in or whatever because right now they're in the what the USF or the UCF or where are they at the Central Florida U- I forget the Sun Dome right I forget who who plays at the Sun Dome maybe USF or UCF I don't care whatever they're at, at, at some dome in, in Florida or whatever but uh, yeah like little by little these arenas that you ha- you have residency in or whatever uh, they're going to need their space for other stuff so you're, you're obviously going to have to go back on the road. Uh, in some way, so I think that is uh, the, the return of that. But you know, I think what we saw at WrestleMania and it brought up a decent point that you said that that you know we have speculated that why would they ever want to go back on the road when Vince McMahon has everything he's ever wanted in the Thunderdome? It's exactly uh, what he wants, and and uh, I think there is something to that. And I think we saw a little bit of what it's going to be at WrestleMania, where there was clearly crowd sweetening, like heavy crowd sweetening going on during that. And I don't know if that was just a reaction to it being a big giant football stadium and they're not being, you know, it not being an entirely full crowd. So people weren't as loud or, you you know, you couldn't make as much noise or if they're kind of addicted to the giant heel button and the giant face button. I don't know. It'll be very, very interesting to see uh, what what it actually is like when they go in front of fans, because I don't know if that's going away. I think if, if you think heavy crowd sweetening, heavy live crowd sweetening, uh, is going away. I I uh, I would really really highly doubt that because I think they have kind of figured it out and they have it done in a way that doesn't feel so jarring. And the idea of going back to you know letting the crowds dictate what the the reaction is going to be. I, I I think we are in a post you know crowd reaction world for WWE. They're they're going to find some way or another uh, to sweeten the crowd into the way that they want it done. So even if it's not as as fully you know regimented as the Thunderdome, I, I I think it was very clear at WrestleMania that there were certain people that they were turning the the volume up on the cheers and turning the you know the volume up on the boos and 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 switching you know reactions in some ways as well. I I don't think that's going away, and I think you're naive to think that they're just gonna delete you know just go right back to letting the crowds dictate you know the show that that's not happening. Uh, I think it yeah yeah for sure it's 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 uh that's been their discovery during the pandemic. That they can control these things now. And I do think that's very appealing to them, especially as they just continue to lean more and more into, look, we're not wrestling. We're a television show and all that bullshit we've been hearing for all these years. Uh, this is even, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is another way where they can just, you know, they can fabricate the responses they want that, you know, and and, and don't have those pesky fans screwing with the stories they're telling. Then why wouldn't they? <laughs> no. What was the Seth Rollins quote? Okay, so he said um, he had a term for it that was just great. I forget what it was though. Basically, the gist of it was he said it's easier to tell our stories without the fans. Yes, she <laughs> doesn't realize how stupid that sounds. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He I, I, he doesn't realize how you know it's like it, it's you're telling on yourself. Uh, that, that's a classic example of that. But um, 
He's fully indoctrinated. Look, he's a company guy, and that's fine. I mean, if he loves working there, and he loves what they do, and if he has the balls to like tweet after pay per views that you know this was the greatest pay per view ever, and our crew is the best in the world, and all that, you know, after their one of their terrible payment, then then more power to them. So I, I, just, I found the quote here. Uh, I can't believe it. It was on Ryan Sentence out of character podcast as well. Just, just of course the, it was. Just the cherry on top. Just the chef's kiss to this whole entire thing. Uh, quote. That the, imbecile. Yeah. Complete imbecile. <laughs> quote. Yeah. The Thunderdome has definitely allowed us to tell our stories a little bit cleaner in the sense that things are not as up and down as they normally would be. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure. But I do miss the fans, the adrenaline and the live re- interaction. That said, I love being able to cut a promo and get all through it without having to side-eye the audience. It's nice to get a full f- uh, fallout instead of being interrupted by CM Punk chants or something. He, he's not wrong. <laughs> nothing he's saying there. No, nothing he's saying there is wrong. It, it is easier to tell cleaner stories because it, it doesn't get derailed, and you don't second guess the story you're telling because fans in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where Raw happened to be shit on it. And then you're thinking, oh, well, maybe this is no. So you can see I completely agree with what he's saying. But at the same time, it's not what you want. You, 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 you know, it, it's you shouldn't go into this wrestling business thinking, oh, man, I'm so glad I can cut a promo without the fans, you know, cheering me or booing me. It, it, that's it's just the antithesis saying, of what the business is. Yeah. Exactly. His the, his mindset should be we should be telling stories that the fans do embrace and allow us to tell because the stories are good. If we stop telling bad stories, they'd stop being derailed. Right. They would stop chanting CM Punk if my stories and my promos didn't fucking it's suck. If I didn't have to sit there and say, I, Seth Rollins, am going to prove at WrestleMania backlash that you, Cesaro, you know what I mean? Like, that's why they chant CM Punk because those promos suck. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear those. But yeah, exactly. That, it's, it's, that should be the mindset. Right. The mindset should be if we're telling good stories and doing things the fans like, then they won't reject us as opposed to, well, it's kind of nice that they're not here because now we can just <laughs> tell right. our shitty stories. I can, cut my, without... I can cut my whole stupid promo and then nobody says anything. So It's like a double edged sword because I kind of get what he's saying. Like, I don't really disagree with him. It is easier. He's right. Well, he's well, objectively he, right. But again, like you said, it's the difference of a TV and a wrestling. Yes, it would be a lot easier if you, you know went to a live studio audience taping of The Office, and they're booing, you know, Jim and cheering Dwight the entire time, it'd be annoying. It'd be like, all right, guys, come on. Like, we're trying to tell our, you know, I'm trying to tell my little story and play a joke on Dwight here. But, like, that's, you know, that's not what wrestling, like, for a TV show, yes, that would be stupid if Jim's trying to talk and everyone's booing or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that would be annoying. It'd be really, really stupid. You'd be like, this is fucking dumb. Like, I'm supposed to be the good guy here. I'm supposed to be doing this. This is be playing a, a joke on Dwight. Dwight's supposed to be weird and, and out of touch or whatever. That's what it's supposed to be. And it would be very, very weird if an arena was there booing and cheering. But that's a fucking television show. It's pro wrestling, so you should have the pride of... You know, no, I'm not going to have fans boo me or chant other stuff because I, I'm going to make this story matter to these people because that's what the whole game is about is, 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 is getting the crowd on your side or getting the crowd to hate you or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 but again, it shows, like you said, the mentality that they're, they're more of, they, they and, and truly, I think the pandemic has shown that, that WWE is and does think of themselves because there's always, and people always say they've been calling themselves sports entertainment for 20 years, you idiots. Like we always get that on, on, on Twitter, but it's like yeah. now more than ever, it is, is very clear. They've always been, they've always said, we, we tell stories. We're, a, you know, a, 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 we're a sports entertainment company, not a wrestling company, but, but throughout this pandemic, they have more and more and more leaned into just not being a wrestling company whatsoever at, at all. But uh, yeah, you can miss us with the, the adding us about, ah, oh, they've been, Vince has been saying they're sports entertainment since 1995. You idiots. You know, we don't need to hear that. So 
What about our boy Big Dick Nick talking out of both sides of his mouth? Because I noticed that he's already become kind of a spin master in a lot of different ways. Well, he's and, a for example, slime ball <laughs> agent, of course. But he's already doing it in the ways that the company has already done it. I'll give you an example. Um, tell you out of one side of his mouth, and he told this to Colin Coward, that um, well, fans on Twitter and fans on social media represent a small vocal minority, and wrestling fans are passionate, and they have strong opinions, but those are the small vocal minority, and the greater uh, fandom like everything that we do, and they're into the stories, and you just kind of have to block out the noise on social media. That's one theory, and he did spin that to Colin Coward on his show. But then on the other, he's telling people, oh, we have you know, X amount of, of followers on Twitter and X amount of followers on Instagram. And we have more social media followers than the <laughs> yep, NFL. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you're, well, you're telling us that those people are a small vocal minority. And then out of the other side of your mouth, you're telling us how you dominate the social media space. You can't have it both ways. Okay. You, you know, it's a total contradiction. Yeah. That, that's an old Barrios thing that I would always get on him about is, is, you know, they'd be talking about the WWE network numbers and he would say, Oh well, yeah, it's a, you give the number and it's like this very small number. And he's like, but it represents, you know, a, a very large percentage of our, you know, our, our, our very devoted fans or whatever. And then in the next slide, he'd say, we have 19 billion <laughs> social media followers. And I'm like, hold on, man, you're converting like 0.00001% of those followers to give you guys 10 bucks a month. Like that's not good. Like that's bad. Right. But that would never, it would, it always be like a stark contrast of yeah well the numbers are low but you know that that uh, you know it represents a small little percentage of our yeah, yeah or you know it represents our, our hardcore fans and all that sort of but like that but hey we got so many social media followers and all that well okay cool but like you know if those are truly your numbers and you're proud of those numbers why aren't you saying well fuck why are we converting so few of those devoted followers on social media to, to actually buy our network like that's bad that's not good and on the other and on the other side of your mouth burying everybody on social media yeah, as being a small vocal minority <laughs> Yeah, that's... And, you know, it's funny because, you know, he's being indoctrinated by Vince because he uses the Vince verbiage. Yeah, well, he, he probably he probably goes on social media and goes and sees, oh, man, we got we're getting killed for this raw episode. And, you know, mentions to Vince, hey, what happened with raw this week? It seems like people and then Vince says, oh, hey, well, uh, that's a small vocal minority of fans that think that, you know, we're not. <laughs> yeah. When he said small vocal minority. Yeah. In one of those press things. That's the that ism. That's an ism for sure. That's a Vinceism. That's exactly. Next, I can tell he, you exactly. Has he, the, has he used Bizarro World yet? Because then we know for sure that he is indoctrinated. I, I could tell you the first time I heard Vince say "small vocal minority." I remember it. It was the ECW on TNN episode, not ECW on TNN, ECW on Sci-Fi, WWE ECW. It was the episode with Batista versus Big Show with the change the channel chant, Hammerstein. Remember that famous oh, of episode? Of course, of course, yeah. Where where the Hammerstein crowd <laughs> That's a rejected, bad match that in front of Hammerstein. What are you doing? Yeah, they rejected the whole show. And during the Batista Big Show match, they saw those guys as WWE guys and just completely shit on the match and chanted change the channel. Even Taz had to try to cover it up on commentary. A legendary show and a legendary match because of that. Vince vowed never go back to Hammerstein. After that night, and I don't believe he ever did, his exact quote was, old ECW fans are a small vocal minority. We're going to ignore them, and we're going to continue our vision 
for the new ECW. Right, which is hilarious and given then, that the, the ECW was created because the one-night stand pay-per-views and the Rise and Fall of ECW DVDs were so big sellers. It's a gigantic sellers that they created an entire brand off of it, but now now they're vocal minority, yes. Small vocal minority, but the what? But the 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 ECW DVD. I forget whether it was, it was one night stand. It, no, it was or the whether rise and fall. Was, it was the rise and fall of ECW DVD that sold like an ungodly amount of DVDs, like just a fucking ridiculous. Only one that of beat DVDs. it. Only one that beat it was WrestleMania that year. It was the only DVD that beat, and it beat, and that, and this was the era when DVDs sales meant something, and people buying X amount of DVDs of whatever pay-per-view was indicative of how popular that pay-per-view was in a lot of ways. So, and then, you know, the one night stand, the first one night stand pay-per-view killed it on pay-per-view and did, you know, way a ton more buys than they thought. But again, yes, small vocal minority. Now, long-term, he may have been right. Okay. That you do have to create new fans. You couldn't just live on those fans because eventually the nostalgia is going to run out. But what he didn't do was properly leverage those fans for as long as he could while he was creating the new fans. And that's why the whole experiment eventually failed and they didn't make nearly as much money off of it as they could have. And it's one of the many examples of Vince McMahon leaving millions of dollars on the table when, when he could have made millions more. But it was funny how that's when I first heard that phrase and then 15, 16 years later or whatever it is, I hear the same exact phrase come out of Nick Khan's mouth. Where do you think he got that from? Yeah. Got it from talking to Vince. He's buying into all of the spin that he's getting from Vince and and everybody else and Steph and every you know, whoever else is in the room. So you know he spun the NXT moving to Tuesday thing. He totally spun that, and uh, you know he's totally doing the social media spin as well. Where you can tout social media when it's to your advantage, but you bury the social media when it when it when it works against you, which has been something the company has done ever since the advent of social media. Yeah, and the idea that their social media numbers consistently climb. Such a hunk of it, that's such a load of bullshit because, of course, it always goes up. Those things don't go down. How often do you unfollow accounts very on rarely. your social media? Very rarely, yeah. yeah. The, only, the only time yeah. the company's social media stuff does go down, and I could say this is somebody who, who who runs multiple accounts and not just Voice of Wrestling in, in, in the shoot job as well. The only time it ever goes down is when uh, Facebook will, will launch an update or Twitter will launch an update and say, oh, we discovered a bunch of bot accounts and we deleted, you know, a thousand bot accounts. So then one day you have this big drop and then the next day it all goes back up again and then it never, ever goes down. Yeah. Yeah, my, all my charts, yeah. If I, if I if I look at my if my if my quote unquote job performance was based off social media following uh, growing, then I'm good to go. Because if you look at the chart, <laughs> man, Joe, over the last ten years, my chart is rising, baby. <laughs> We're going up and up and up because nobody ever unfollows. Yeah, they 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 no might no never. People who do what you do for a living and people in businesses where this stuff, they know that that's the fakest brag. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, just stop. PR that you tell the public. It means nothing. It, it means nothing because those numbers are always going to go up. They're never going to go down. So that stuff doesn't go up and down based on approval of, you know, it just, always, it just consistently climbs. So, uh, so Khan is in full spin, but you got to watch You know, like you said, he's an agent. He came from the world of being an agent. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just say whatever you need to say and do whatever you do need to do to get the deal done. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, from the world he came from, he was a lawyer who became an agent. Oh God! Is now, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! Going, you know <laughs> what a fucking slime ball. Good God! I'm not. And listen, yeah, I, no, in a good I, way. In a good way. I respect it. Yeah, hey, go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, come on. I mean, they, you know, I, 
that guy's fucking yeah look at his agents, success. agents are incredible like like if you've ever like ever met like a sports agent they are the slimiest dudes you have ever met in your life but they do i mean most of them do a tremendous job they'll be on the line with you know their star wide receiver saying oh yeah man you're the best receiver in the league i'm gonna get you the biggest money uh, and then hang up and then call another receiver and go yeah you're the best receiver in the league man I'm gonna, you know what i mean like that's that's what it's about and then at the same time calling the team and saying oh yeah no no, no this guy like it's it, it's all yeah it's all you're just your job is just to make the deal right period. whoever you're talking to at that moment the get the most money for your client at that time the second you hang up the phone it's the next client the second you hang up the phone it's the next client and on and on and on and on and yeah, it's all about getting the most money, getting the best deal you can for that person at that time. That's, that's all. And it's about. he's just got that, and he's got that alpha gene where he just it, nothing's ever enough. And not everybody has that. He he had that quote where he was like, um, "Yeah, so I was 22 and I was just out of college and I was working for a law firm and I was making 120 thousand dollars a year. Jesus and I just went Christ. home one day. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, sounds, no, no. That's not, the, great. that's not the punchline. <laughs> right. you're, you're killing the punchline." And he said, and he said, uh, and you know, I just went home one day and I, and I took a long, hard look at myself and I said, this can't be my trajectory. It's not enough. I just, I wasn't going anywhere. And I'm thinking to myself, you're making a hundred grand fresh out of college. <laughs> right. you you're 22. I would have died of a cocaine overdose if I was making $120,000 a year at age 22. Are you kidding? He's like, I'm waiting tables to make ends meet. And I'm just, you know, I'm not, it's not enough. And I just, I knew that there had to be, I knew there had to be a better path for me. And, and I said, I can't be a lawyer my whole life because this just isn't. Now, a normal person who was making that kind of money fresh out of college when they're 24, 25 years old, uh, understand, would not view things in that manner, but he's not a normal person. People like him who just aren't normal people. And he and I guarantee you he's looking at his position now where he's making an ungodly amount of money and he's locked in for five years. He's getting these enormous bonuses because he's cutting these billion-dollar deals. I guarantee you he's somewhere right now sitting in an office thinking, I need to be bigger. There's more that I can do. There's yeah, what's, more what's next? What's the next step? He, yeah, he, it's, it's, he is the people that, that, that comment on Twitter and say, who's going to beat Kenny Omega for the title? That's, that's, the, that's him. Well, I mean, he's not those people. Believe me, those people are, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, I just mean they're, they're always looking for what's next, but yeah, may, I yes, think the pay grade is yeah, maybe a little different between those yeah. people and, 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 and big Dick Nick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, his, he's probably thinking, okay, what's my next move? How can I fucking run Disney? How can I run when, – when, when Netflix and fucking Amazon merge, how am I going to make – how am I somehow going to be involved in that? Like that's the kind of thinker he is, and that's the kind of – like me, I'm driven to a point. I have numbers in my head where if I get to them, you're never going to fucking see me again. Like that's not him. This is the kind of guy where everything – there's always a progression. There's always a next step. It's just a gene that some people don't have, and that's why he was such a genius hire, and that's why he's gaining more and more power in the company because uh, he's just such a impressive personality and just such a fucking alpha. I mean, it's the only way to describe him. But uh, I don't know how we get on Nick Khan again. How I have did, no idea. Did, you you love your Nick Khan. Yeah, it's, it, well, he's a fascinating, and there there are people out there fascinating that person. well, he's people just, don't understand yeah. how important he is to this company. And, and you had a tweet, I believe, I was, it's while I was on vacation, but I read it and I was just like, I was like fist pumping while I was in an airport reading it or whatever. And you said it's the best business move that Vince McMahon has ever done is to hire Nick Khan, and you're absolutely right. 
he what he did in there is he created he created a post success world for WWE where it does not matter what they do doesn't matter what they put they could they can do anything on TV now and it does not matter because they hired that guy and that guy made the first Fox deal and then they hired him to bring him in house to make many many more deals like that which he will which he absolutely will over the course of the next five years or whatever tremendous business move from that standpoint because now nothing they do matters anymore because they're just they're they're locked in to financial security. Uh, and and more than that, he also hired his successor there too. There's no doubt in my mind that that even if if Nikon wants it or not, like when that when Vince croaks, it's not Paul Levesque that's getting that company. You know what I mean? It's Nick. And whether he wants it or not, whether he just bounces after two, like whatever, he's the next guy up. There's no, ch- you know what I mean? Like he, he'll keep he might keep wrestling guys around. He might keep you know uh, Paul as a as a, as a cons- you know as, as 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 vice president or whatever. But there is no doubt in my mind that 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 power grab by Nick very quickly. That's happened in the last year, basically. <laughs> you know, it, it dates back to the Fox deal, but in the last year, the last six months, the last few months, there was no doubt in my mind that that. I mean, it's it's not only was it a tremendous business move, not only was it the best business move, but it, it set the company up for the next X amount of years moving forward because that dude, what again, like whether he wants it or not, is in place to to run that fucking company until he sells it to fucking Disney or something and makes an ungodly amount of money selling it to whoever wants to buy it. You, you know what I mean? Like that's. It's it's it, more people should be talking about him because it's a, it's a huge deal. It's a transformative. He's a transformative guy for pro wrestling. He completely changes the game. Yeah, it, it, and if Barrios and Wilson still around, I mean, they'd still be slinging network subscriptions for free and all this shit that wasn't working. And the first thing that Nick Khan did when he came in is he said, we're not a tech company. Why? Why do we have our own network? Let's unload this thing. You know what I mean? Like, what? Why are we scratching and crawling trying to get people to subscribe to this thing that we don't know how to run, that we don't know how to build? Because we're an entertainment company, we're not a tech company. So what the fuck? Let's sell it. This is the perfect time to unload it. And you know, he made another billion. Yeah, got another big old so, bag of cash for it. So. <laughs> so yeah, the best move Vince McMahon ever made. Yeah, more people um, should talk about it instead of a. Uh criticizing us for talking about it too much more people should be talking about this guy but anyway uh let, let's <laughs> speaking of Nikon, let's talk about aw double or nothing the card uh taking shape here a little bit uh real quick we're not going to go over the entire card in, in in detail or do any previews i just i, I wanted to quickly note uh the matches that have been announced so far for the show coming up uh, uh later this month uh you got the american dream cody rhodes versus anthony agogo by the way the thursday tier reviews patreon.com uh, slash Voices of Wrestling. Joe goes into all of the details of, of this week's Dynamite, so uh, we will not do that here. But the American Dream, Cody Rhodes, defending the honor of America versus the hated UK villain, uh, Anthony Agogo. You have two members of the Casino Battle Royal already announced. Christian Cage the, and Matt Seidel. Yeah, go ahead. you see the story that came out as to why he's doing this American Dream thing? Did you happen to catch that? I don't think I did, no. Okay, so he's been trying to trademark the American Dream. Okay. And coming up short, according to this report, I think it was uh, Heal by Nature, that site, I believe. Okay. Um, and he's been coming up short because <laughs> he, he hasn't been able to get the trademark because he hasn't been able to prove that he uses that phrase mm, for okay. the entertainment. So he, so this is believed <laughs> awesome. to be his play. Like if, if he dubs himself the American Dream and does a storyline and a pay-per-view based around it, he could go back and attempt to trademark it and say, see? See, I'm the American dream. And then now he can secure his dream. That's pretty awesome, actually. I like that. Slick. Yeah, Yeah. that that dude, he's always gotten it. He's always gotten uh, the the, the trademarks and stuff. It's been pretty cool how much of stuff he's been able to to win back. 
Uh, and I did not know that story, but that makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, he's going to ham up the American dream for a little bit, a few months, and then and pass it on over and say, hey. <laughs> and and it, it, if you listen, now listening to that promo that he did, it makes a lot more sense as well when he said, hey, you know, there's, yes. few, there's a few people that have tried to use this term and tried to use this, but only me and my brother can use this term or whatever. So that, 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 that's cool. Okay. Well, hey, good for and, him. And, and that's why he did the whole rah-rah America thing to set up the American dream payoff at the end. Yeah. That's... So, you know, in order to do that. So it's always, you know, it, there's it, you dig a little deeper sometimes and there's always more to the story. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Uh, do you see that Joey Janela trademarked the bad boy? The bad boy? How did he get the bad boy? Like, I feel like that's – that. hey, good for him, man. Wow. Oh, I mean, trademarks are funny. Like, I get – he probably got it for the purposes of – Yeah, it's like you. he can be the bad boy or... in, you know, only as a nickname in the sports entertainment energy, slash wrestling yeah. world. Like, or, yeah could probably have a musician use the name bad boy and it won't be the same kind of trademark like that, but still like, you know, yeah, you gotta, for, yeah it's on a piece of paper. Know. It's yeah. from the United States, you know, trademark copyright office. Like, hey, that, you know, you got it. Pro wrestling. He's the bad boy. Yeah. He, that's all. This is now good for him. Congratulations to a uh, jelly Nutella or whatever. Is that what they call him? Is that what the cornet weirdos call him? A jelly Nutella. Is that, yes. I, I very creative. Sure, I was sure if it was just Joey Nutella or if it's jelly. Nutella. It's not enough to, and very, Nutella's, very Nutella's not that okay. Nutella's not that unhealthy. You know, I know that they're using that to like make fun of his weight. I mean, Nutella's yeah. not bad. <laughs> like, if you really look at it, it's Jim Cornette humor. What Everything in moderation. Be- yeah, the Kenny Oliver uh, Lever thing or whatever is already like and it, trying to explain that to people. It took me like days to figure out what the fuck that even was. So it's like, what are you doing? Neil Olivier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Olivier. Yeah, yeah. Because. Lawrence Olivier was yeah. a famous actor, and Kenny right. is very theatrical. <laughs> and also, let's not let's not forget Lawrence yes, Olivier there's... was also gay, right? And that's the Cornette is being and Cornette's being homophobic with that as well because Omega is allegedly bisexual. So there's all those tie-ins. That's the Kenny <laughs> but Olivier. It takes like a long time to get there, and it's just like this is and the, yeah, Jelly Nutella. Is, it's so funny. Listen, Cornette in a lot of ways. I'm never going to say the guy isn't brilliant. He's a smart mind, especially, you know, and, and, and all those things. But a lot his humor isn't exactly George Carlin <laughs> level crea- creative and <laughs> yeah. funny and brilliant. I mean, you know, it's just, he's, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of dad joke bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. The, je- the Jelly Nutella does make me laugh every single time, though. Not in like a good way where I'm like, yeah, take that, Janella. The best is that he knows it, too. And like he just owns it, too. That like. <laughs> How could you not? It's just so dumb. Why it's wouldn't so you? Dumb. Like, like, you can't be upset about that. Like, Joey Jello doesn't look in the mirror and go, oh, man. Like, because it's Joey Janela. I mean, it's the fucking bad boy. He's a dirtbag. You think he gives a shit that you call him Jelly sense. Nutella? Are you kidding? What sense would it make for as he the rips bad a boy cig? As he rips a cig with his shirt off? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. What? What sense would it make for him to look like Lex Luger? I mean, <laughs> right. that, that's not the essence of the character. He's supposed to be a, a South Jersey dirtbag. I kind of like the idea of, of, of Jelly Nutella getting on the gas and looking like uh, old sexy Lexi, though. That'd be pretty cool. But... That's the thing. It doesn't even fit the gimmick. That's the <laughs> no, other thing. It'd be really like, weird, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, 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 he's a South Jersey dirtbag. He's supposed to be taking a drag of a Marlboro Red and driving a fucking Trans Am. <laughs> right. Going to the beach and fucking hanging out and banging broads and that that's the essence of what that is. I mean, people just don't understand. He, he it wouldn't make sense if he was if he was like shredded. It wouldn't make any sense. So and and is he really like woefully out of shape? <laughs> no. That's the other thing. He's fine. Like it, it just you know, I mean it's I don't know. Anyway. 
Uh, we'll talk about it with AEW, but maybe to the nurse. She is, she's very, she, you think I'm a body guy? You should see the, you should go to a live wrestling show with the nurse, man. Jesus Christ. She never stops with the, <laughs> the comments about people's bodies. So anyway, oh. we'll get to it there. But uh, anyway, Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, Hikaru Shida defending the AEW women's title against Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, the Young Bucks defending the AEW tag team titles against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. The AEW world title, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac in a triple threat match. Uh, and then Stadium Stampede, the pinnacle, uh, versus the inner circle. So we'll obviously do a, a much larger preview uh, as we get closer to the event. But I uh, just thought I'd read the card there. And, and, and uh, Not all of these are confirmed either. Right, yeah. Some of these are just like we can kind of assume Soon. that that's going to be the card. But yeah, because I don't think Bucks and, and Moxie and Kingston is official yet. But I'm sure we'll I'm not a fan of the three-way, but I'm no. not a fan of the three-way. But I think that there's enough on this show. Like, obviously, the Stadium Stampede is the real main event. Right. You have the Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. If you want to throw Sheeta and Britt Baker in the mix as a big match, knock yourself out. And you have Cody in a big singles grudge match. So you can get away having a world title match that isn't like last pay-per-view where it was Kenny and Moxley, which is obviously an enormous match. You can get away with doing like a three-way here with two guys who are more like mid-card guys because there's so much else on the show. That's going to contribute to drawing what, how you know, however many yeah, guys. It is. I, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that match. I, I don't. I don't love triple threat matches in any context, especially not in like world title context. But uh, in this case, it's like yeah. Even if, if it was any of the other guys too, if it was uh, Kenny versus Pac or Kenny versus Orange Cassidy, it has the same thought. Like you said, it's it's basically Kenny defending the title and kind of a a no doubt Kenny's going to retain this title over this guy, t- sort of mid cardy. Uh, type of match, which isn't always the worst thing to do because you don't you have enough on this card that you don't need to blow. Uh, you know, you don't want Kenny versus Hangman or Kenny versus Moxley or you know you, you don't need to to blow like a big time match in, in this context because you have like you said the Stadium Stampede, you have the Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston, and 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 to a lesser extent Sheeta versus Britt Baker. So you have enough stuff there that's going to kind of carry this pay per view. That it's not it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, would it would I prefer it to not be a triple threat? Of course, but it's not it's not the end of the world. It's it's not it's not the match that's going to be relied upon to to to, to draw the house or. Dry paper pay-per-view buys it's just it, it's it's a part of the card but not the card you know it's not the highlight of the card do a big review in a couple weeks yeah yeah for sure so that's uh that is AEW. uh it's AEW on the road as AEW uh double or nothing uh stick to uh, america here uh, real quickly so now i have not watched any of this but you have meticulously every single week gotten on and watched nwa power sometimes it's a surge is it a power surge or just a surge it's a power surge right their stupid recap well, show they, is a power surge. It's power, it's power surge. Okay, yes. so it's not just surge; it's power surge. Power surge. Power surge. Correct. Okay, and then there's NWA Power, which is their uh, the regular uh, regular uh, TV show. Uh, this week, and then there's super, and then there's oh, super power. Is there really? There's a super power. Who watches super power? <laughs> I mean, it's just the same thing, but oh. sometimes they call it super. Oh, power. okay. So it, 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 it's superpower is that it's the same as power. I mean, yeah. Okay. Not good. <laughs> I mean, okay. So sometimes it's like a little longer. Um, what do they call it when it ends 15 minutes shorter than it's supposed to? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think this one may have been a superpower. Let me hold on. Oh, no way. This. Oh, then that really makes superpower confusing. Yeah. Find out, please. If if was um, if the heels walking no, no, out no, no, the no, show no. ending early is a superpower or not. So. It was a power. The last, the last superpower was in January under the old regime and it had uh five matches and was like 90 minutes long or something 
Right. So they haven't done a superpower in the current season. Um, anyway, yes, I've I've watched it every single week. Correct. And uh, my question to you, Joe, is they're they're really they're charging money for this. They really want people to give them money every single week to watch this show. They it is claim, they claim they claim it's doing well. I I know those reports came out, and I know we're supposed to, you know, at some point exactly. trust some of the sorts and believe. I can't. I I cannot. I cannot fathom the human that's out there that pays X amount of dollars right. per month or week to watch fucking power. There's just there's no way. Arguments against it has negative amounts of buzz. If I don't tweet about it, <laughs> nobody tweets. About there's it. you and. Yeah, it's just you. It's really just you. I can't think of anybody else. Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy Lambert. Yes, yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, I was trying to think of yeah. So Jeremy Lambert from Fightful and you. Pretty much. And, and you guys kind of do like a fist pump, you know what I mean? Like the kind of the 80s style, like, you know, high pump. five before it starts. Cause it's like, all right, it's time for power. It's Jeremy and Joe, and you guys slap hands and then you live tweet power. But that's it. It's literally you two, and that's it. In the universe. Yeah. Like sometimes there'll be a Reds game and I won't do it until later that night. And he got real excited one week because he thought he was the last man standing. But I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. nice. Yes. Like, oh no, I'm still on top of it. Um, I'm just doing it later today. Uh yeah, no, but our Twitter feed in particular, if there was any if anyone was gonna pay attention to it, it would be people that are on our Twitter feed, our followers, the people we follow. Rich, there's n- nobody ever talks about this show at all. I mean hear any if i wasn't watching it every week would you know anything about this show no, no. the answer is no so that's now on the flip side when i watch the show on fight there's like a little chat room gimmick that goes along with it kind of like uh it's just a fucking there's a you can chat along with this yeah fucking, not not, not unlike usually, this not unlike this show right here where we have a bunch of you know tackler yeah and They'll usually put a, a a special guest in there. Velvet Sky was in there one week, and Taryn Terrell or whoever the oh, fuck. Oh, I'm sure that one. And they'll great. chat. Yeah, I'm sure that went great. <laughs> the, the 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 Velvet Sky one went very poorly. <laughs> they immediately started harassing her, and the mods had to come in and warn everyone that the chat was going to be shut down if they didn't leave her alone. Oh, um, yeah, she the mod comes in and goes. Velvet Sky will be joining us, and she comes in very pleasant. She says, hello, everybody. I'm excited to watch NWA Power with you guys. And the very first comment was, yeah, Velvet, why do you suck so bad on commentary? <laughs> and then, and then, the, then the next comment was like, you know, something about wanting to bang her or something like that. Ugh. And then the mod had to come in. And it's like, why are wrestling fans this way? I yeah, you couldn't they, wait. You like, couldn't wait five minutes to say that you wanted a bone velvet sky. Like, just wait, just wait like five minutes, like immediately right out yeah, of the gates. A, like, you suck. I want to lick your asshole. Like, it's you know, there's no transition. Just immediately right to it. It's just God damn it, wrestling. It fans. was literally the the first comment. Why are you so terrible at commentary? And it's like she's being pleasant enough. She's just in there, like being nice. And there, and and the mods had to come in and shut it down. Taryn Terrell, like the next week or whatever, they were. I think they learned their lesson from Velvet Sky, but uh, yeah, the Velvet Sky one went about as poorly as you could imagine. But my point here is a lot of people in that fucking chat, and you cannot get in that chat paying for it. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's like the counter argument. Like, yeah. is there this whole who are they? <laughs> or... Exactly. Who is this corner of wrestling fandom who are not only paying for this, but are, but love it so much? They have this little community where they're chatting about, and I'm telling you, it's not like the same dozen people commenting over and over. It is like 
watching a YouTube chat of just a constant stream of comments from a million different people that move so fast you almost can't read it. Well, I don't know. Maybe they are doing well. I have no idea. So is nobody in our kind of circle ever discusses it, talks about it, or anything. You, you would think it doesn't even exist. So I don't know. And I don't know what defines we're doing well. Like, how, like I need to know, like, what's, what did they consider doing well? 500 subscribers? 1,000? 10,000? 100? I would need to know that number to determine, you know what I mean? Like, what's mm-hmm. their break-even? That's the other thing. So when they say, oh, we're doing well, that could mean they have 350 subscribers and are budgeted for 200. I don't, I don't know the answer to that could still be like a number that we would consider insignificant in the grand scheme be enough to where they're able to break even or maybe even make a little profit. So uh, that's the way you have to look at it too. And the pay-per-view, Meltzer did that pay-per-view report a couple weeks ago in The Observer. They did four figures on traditional pay-per-view with that one provider, which is stunning. So you'd figure on fight, they would do more on fight than they would on traditional pay-per-view. Sure. So people, so people bought the pay-per-view apparently, but that was before the TV show and before the TV show was so mind-numbingly boring and bad. So I don't know how this next pay-per-view is going to do on June 6th, uh, the When Shadows Fall gimmick. Um, nothing announced for it yet, but I would suspect that that one does worse. Who knows? I mean, people in the chat seem to enjoy this show. I don't know how. It's it's so bad. It's it's the only reason I would say it's not worse than Raw is because it's one third the length. <laughs> right. So by so by the time you're ready to throw in the towel, it's over anyway. And it's like you just move on with your night. Is it as illogical as Raw? Yes. Is it as boring as Raw? Yes. Does Raw have better wrestling? Oh, without question. So is it worse than Raw? Yeah, it probably is. The only advantage is that it's one third shorter. Right. Yeah. The Two the time shorter. investment is, is is much less. But uh, yeah, of of what I've seen, it's it's pretty putrid, and it has none of the charm that the NWA power. And I, I've seen very little. I've just seen little kind of snippets here and there, matches here and there. It, it it looks like the old NWA power. It you know it has the same look and feel in a lot of ways, but it's all like just done in a much 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 worse way. And I I, I again like I said, I have not watched full. Uh, episodes like you have, and and I really do, uh, I do pity the, the the folks that are every single week uh, tweeting about it. As, yeah, as, the thing is, like, it's one of those things where as you tweet it, like, I'm not sure if you're just making it up or if the things actually happened. And it's kind of one of those deals where you're like, I don't know, I'm never gonna know if Joe's lying or if it's actually true because I'm never gonna watch it. So I'll just take, I'll just trust that you're being truthful and, and not lying about what's happening. So like, you know, guys throwing in the towel on each other, the show ending 15 minutes early, um, Thunder Rosa, you know, not you know, being forced to stay in NWA. It's just, it's, it's very, very ridiculous. All the stuff I read. None of the storylines make sense. Um, promos, which were the strength of the show previously, the show needs a professional in the room to grab it by the throat, give everybody direction and straighten it out. You just get the sense that it's a shit show and, and there's too many cooks and it's disjointed and the and the, the promos meander into directions and are never focused. And that was not an issue previously. Previously, the promos were short. They were to the point, understood everybody's motivations. It was a major strength. 
now it's Nick Aldis and and his uh, and his strictly business faction doing a nineteenth rate four horsemen impression <laughs> with storylines that just don't make sense. Um, you, I feel like the inexperienced people cutting the promos aren't given very good direct. Listen, I now know why Camille was a silent character on the previous incarnation. Of yeah, she, 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 she doesn't have a voice that matches her body, right? Isn't it one of those situations? I've Sounds missed. like Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, she looks like a badass. Then she talks, and you're like, ah. She sounds like Chris Tucker. Like, if you close your eyes, you can't tell if it's Chris Tucker or Camille. <laughs> Camille. I know that's a weird comp. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she said, like, and she doesn't, she, she's a, she's a, her, her inflection is bad. Her delivery is bad. It's not just her voice. I'm just having fun with that. Can't control your voice, but her inflection and her delivery is awful. And you could see why she was kept silent for so long. Because as soon as she opens her mouth, like, the whole aura is gone. The promos are bad. And, um, it's just in the matches are just every match has a weird stipulation and none of them are good. And it, 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 the show just fucking stinks. It not only stinks, but it's boring. It's boring and it's bad. You cannot have a worse combination than that, than boring and bad. And this week's was just a complete abomination. I mean, you had Jack Stane throw the towel in on himself in a match <laughs> No, Which again, like I read count. that, and I'm like, Joe just made that up. There's no way that it's actually true, like, and I don't, I don't know, I don't like, know. I think you're still, you still could be lying. I don't know. It's peak bad TNA. I mean, it's like he has this false count anywhere match with Slice Boogie, who's been a real highlight, by the way. Slice Boogie and Genocide. Those are your highlights. No one would know because no one's watching but me. And they're having this false count anywhere match, and then Crimson comes out because he's Jack Stane's tag partner with the towel and. He wants to throw the towel for Dane. The problem is Dane wasn't really taking like a beat. Like it wasn't a situation where you would throw even throw the towel on him. It's just a back and forth match. So then Dane and Crimson collide on the apron and Crimson goes down. And Dane goes to check on him. Slice Boogie is just in the ring, like unconcerned with any of this. Dane goes to check on him. And then for some reason, the towel throws it in on himself to end the match. Does that make any sense? Probably not. Because right? it doesn't make any fucking sense. He threw in the towel on himself because his buddy was injured from colliding with him. I, I, I can't even make sense <laughs> yeah, it's, of it. Like, it doesn't make any sense you explaining it, and I know that it's not your explanation. <laughs> it's that you're trying to explain in a logical situation. I'm just tell you what happened. It makes no sense whatsoever, and I can't understand. Like, visually, having not seen it, I'm trying to close my eyes and visualize it, and I still can't. And that's not your fault. Like, again, it's just... So Crimson tried to throw the towel from the apron, and Slice Boogie caught the towel. Got it, okay. Threw it and, and, and threw it back at Crimson. First of all, why catch it? If he throws the towel, you win. Yeah, just let the towel go down and win the match. Yeah, who cares? Oh, alright. Slice Boogie's the baby face, so maybe it's like he doesn't want to win that way. You can do that internal logic in your head, right? So he throws the towel back at Crimson. Then Jack Stane charges at Slice Boogie. Slice Boogie ducks out of the way, and he collides with Crimson. Crimson goes flying off the apron. Jack Stane is like, oh, no. He goes to check on Crimson. He decides that Crimson is hurt. So he then takes the towel and throws it on himself. Oh, I, okay. I get it now. What? What? Jesus. Still, why? What a dork. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't make it. 
So then, just get counted out. Like, why would you throw the? T- oh, there's so no strange. count out because it's because it's false count anywhere. So oh, no I see. Out. I see. Okay. Okay. All right. So he, he, but he threw the towel on himself for no reason. Yeah, he just like, looks like okay, an absolute fucking dork. Like, yeah, my, your buddy is gonna be fine. Just go win this wrestling match and then then worry about him. I, it's just yeah. And then so they build to this tag title match all show long. It's supposed to be um, Latimer and Adonis going for the tag titles, and they're part of a of. All this is strictly business faction. And all this is mad because there's good. They're going to have a 14 man battle royal to determine the next challenger, right? Sure. None of the champions in the battle royal. So the Pope can't be in it, and the tag team champions can't be in the battle royal. All of the non champions are in this battle royal, and the winner will face all this. You got that? Pretty simple, right? Got it. Yes. So. Uh, Latimer and Adonis are going after the tag team titles at the end. They're get a, they get a tag team title match at the end of the show. Adonis is uh, not a, all this is mad about this battle royal because he says that's no way to earn a title shot for the most prestigious title in wrestling. Any jabron can win that battle royal. First of all, he's right. Okay, the heel is right. The heel should never be right, but he makes a valid point. Why are we? Uh, you know, so but that's besides the point. And he decides so strictly business. Uh, we're going home. So, okay, we get to the end of the show, and Strictly Business did, in fact, go home, and they decided not to show up for the tag title match. So what do they do? They just end the show 15 minutes early because the heels went home. So the show is only 45 minutes long. But here's that's ridiculous enough, okay, that they have Joe Galley and Velvet Sky and Tim Storm at the table, and they go, and, and Galley's, like, holding the headset to his ear, and he's like, well, not here, so that's the end of the show. And then they just roll the fucking credits 15 minutes early. But here's the thing. I wouldn't all this want his guys to win the tag titles. Then they don't have to be in the battle royal and he doesn't have to wrestle against them. <laughs> right. That doesn't right. make sense either. Like you would think he would want them to win the tag team titles. Not, not, you know, so now they're going to be in the battle royal. They'd have to face either Latimer or it doesn't, none of it makes sense. It's just all fucking nonsensical and stupid top of just being bad and boring and the thunder rosa thing is the thing everybody's dunking on but that actually does make sense in the context of the show i'm not defending it it still is a bad look her whole thing is oh i'm an nwa representative and that's why i go to AEW because i want to rep the brand right i want to do well by nwa yeah i want to show everyone that the nwa is the best she cut this long promo about mildred burke and all these great women's champions and how she wants to travel the world in the same way and and, and, you know, represent the NWA. So Camille's whole deal is she wants to take that away from Thunder Rosa. She wants it to, she, she, Thunder, this is something Thunder Rosa wants to do. If you're an NWA fan, you want Thunder Rosa to be able to wrestle elsewhere. Right. Cause she's putting so eyeballs are, on your, on your product. She's, 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 she's a trailblazer. She's go, going everywhere, an ambassador. Yeah. So you want her to be able to, to, to spread the great word of NWA to all over the nation and all over the wrestling world or whatever. Yeah. So Camille's whole thing is you are selfish, you're doing it for yourself, and you're ducking me. That's why you don't want to be here, because you're ducking me. So Camille is like, if I beat you, you have to stay here now and deal with me. Right? So that it's like I see how people are taking it. Like it's a loser is forced to stay in this terrible promotion. 
And that's how it looks, which is why they should have never fucking done it. <laughs> right. From the outside looking in, it looks like Thunder Rosa is trying to leave. And then if Camille wins, Thunder Rosa is stuck forever in, you know, in this like, you know, she wants to leave this dead end shit ass company, but Camille's going to beat her. So she's not going to be able to leave. And she's going to be stuck in this dead ass terrible company for the rest of her life is kind of the, 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 the way that it appears to the outside world. Yes, it's a horrible look. So it looks like NWA is holding her hostage. And in fact, it's, it's like it's like not the case. They want her to wrestle in all these different. It's just rich. The show is just fucking terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So I I, I don't know. That's it, it's just atrocious. Um, and this was really the low point. Um, somehow this show has a six rating on on Cage Match. I don't know how. <laughs> um, it was really. Uh, it was the worst of the of of of, of the worst. And they've all been bad. And none of them have been good. Cage Match loves this fucking show. If you look on Cage Match, everything is six or higher every episode. I don't understand because it's been look maybe look that's more evidence that maybe it's doing yeah maybe it's just like our little know. bubble. I mean, it, it it reminds me a lot of like Evolve. You know, those later years of Evolve where like nobody in our bubble would talk about it, and then you'd go, you'd watch a show and they'd be you know. A thousand people in the stands, and it'd be doing incredible. And if you go in, and you're like, "Oh man, I, okay." Well, it's just it's out of our bubble right now. It's out of our circle, which is 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 very strange. But uh, thank you for continuing to do the good work. But uh, I am I'm not going to watch anytime soon. So I will follow NWA until the day I die. Yeah, yeah, we will always on the show talk about it. I, I should I'll check in obviously for that pay per view. I will watch that. Uh, of course, but uh, power. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna skip for a little while here. <laughs> so we have been we have had a fascination with the NWA since the beginnings of this. It's show, been very fruitful. I mean, it it never doesn't deliver a great story. The NWA from from the the first moment this show began uh, until this the show until we both croak on the air, whatever the hell. Like we are gonna talk NWA because as long as NWA is gonna continue to be hilarious slash sometimes good then we are going to talk about the NWA. And it is the gift that has kept on giving through all the years. Every, everything has ebbed and flowed. You know, New Japan's been been great, and it's been bad, and then it's been good, and then Dragon Gate's been mostly good, but sometimes you know it, it, it goes in one direction or another. WWE's been bad, then it's been good, then it's been bad again. AW, you know, AEW's been created in this time. and But NWA, it's the gift that keeps on giving. No matter what, it's there's always something to talk about with the NWA. So, so God bless those three letters for... People are really misdiagnosing. I mean, they're like, oh, well, it's the roster. Too much roster turnover or this or that. The whole idea behind Power was it was always going to have constant roster turnover. That was the design. Okay? It's not the roster. It's not the roster turnover. It's not the fact that it's behind a paywall because it'd be getting buried even more if it was still on YouTube because everyone would see how bad it is. This show has one problem and one problem only. It is poorly booked. Whoever is booking this show awful at this job they're just terrible it's it's the the roster's fine okay if if there was a competent booker in the room okay your slice boogies and your genocides who are getting over in spite of how bad the show is uh you know it would be doing even better and and, and they'd have the rest of these storylines straightened out and streamlined look it was all of the charm that the show had is gone it had a certain simplicity and charm to it the previous incarnation, where which made it feel very different, and all of the other rest that made it feel different than WWE and AEW and Ring of Honor, it was its own little thing. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a cute little throwback. Did it set the world on fire? Was it the greatest wrestling show in the world? But it was no. But it was watchable and it was fun, and it had a charm. And that's the word I always come back to. There was a certain charm to it. 
and that is all gone. It's not the roster. The roster's fine. It's not Tyrus running everybody off. It does not fucking matter. It's the booking. The booking is terrible, and that is as that, that that's the one thing that changed more than anything else. So, um, whoever's in that room, whoever's doing the creative, uh, I think at Billy needs to take a long look at that. Even if it's him, he needs to look himself in the mirror. We've heard some other names. We know that all this has more stroke than ever, and it's very obvious if you watch the show because he continues to do his Ric Flair imitation routine. Okay, he's completely out of control. You can totally see where in the past, all this is worst instincts were kept in check by the adults in the room. Now he's just running free. And you can see that he has sort of this unchecked power, and, and it's just it, it is made for a horrendous show. Uh, they really need to reexamine and bring someone in there who can uh, take control of it and and book it properly and uh, and and clean up the enormous mess that this thing is because it is undoubtedly uh, the worst wrestling show uh, in America right now, uh, worse than Raw if that could even be fathomed. So. Here's your little uh, NWA power catch up. Yeah, there you go. Well, so you, you just mentioned Raw, and, and we were going to wait a little bit later to, to get to this. But let, do you want to get to WWE WrestleMania Backlash while we're in America? You want to stay in America for another another minute here? Uh, yeah, we may as well uh, just knock that out, too. Why not? Who cares about the format sheet? Let's just hit it all. Yeah, what let's you got? hit it all. All right. WrestleMania Backlash WrestleMania season continues, Joe. Uh, we have WrestleMania Backlash this Sunday. On the Peacock, or if you are like Joe and I and live in Australia, uh, it can be on the WWE Network as well. But uh, you have a lumberjack match: Damian Priest versus The Miz. Voiceswrestling.com slash Express, by the way, if you'd also like to uh, move to Australia or Brazil or wherever you want to move to. Voiceswrestling.com slash Express, and then you can watch WrestleMania Backlash on the WWE Network. But anyway, lumberjack match: Damian Priest versus The Miz. Joe, Damian Priest versus The Miz. What do you got? Is is uh, my bookie still a sponsor? Just not this, uh, week? Not this week. Not this. They're week. still an active sponsor. They are indeed an active sponsor. Yes, we will talk about my bookie next. Okay. week. Well, let's. Oh, I'll bring up the line. Look, I wasn't going to give them anything for free, but uh, let's work the betting odds into this. Uh, <laughs> I love that the only way that we can actually preview. It's uh, it's incredible the the, the the just the despair that that WWE previews. We have to do them because we kind of have to do them. But at this point, instead of me just saying things and you going, well, what do you want me to say? We now just like fill that gap with just talking about the odds for two minutes and then moving on to the next match. So, yes, I've Joe, got to have an angle. Damian Priest versus The Miz. What are the odds telling us right now about this one? Damian Priest is minus 700, so he's a huge favorite. There you go. Um, there you go. That's all I have to say about <laughs> Damian Priest. There, there the you go. All right. Uh, WWE Universal Championship, Joe. Roman Reigns defending the title against the man that you said wasn't going to get a push. So, man, is the rag on your face. Cesaro. Joe, is Cesaro going to do it and become the new head of the table at uh, WrestleMania Backlash? Jerk's not getting a push? Who are you kidding? He's going to lose this match, and you're never going to see No way. Are you serious? No, he's clearly winning this match. and moving. On. They're finally doing it, Joe. He's now 41. He's 41. They're going to push him now. He wins the title at, be honest, not really super long odds. He's only plus 350 here. Uh, Reigns is minus 600. Um, Then the egg will be on my face. But, you know, obviously this is a placeholder challenger and he'll slide (laughs) right back into the He's eating a Superman punch and then he'll be uh, doing mid-card shit uh, by whatever the next pay-per-view is. So, money in the bank. The end of the Swiss Superman. Swiss Superman. Uh, 
The most remember when he was the most money making man. Remember that, Rich? Uh, and, uh yes. yes. The Indies. The yeah. Indies. Claudio yes. Castanoli, yeah. The most money-making man with his little ponytail and his, <laughs> his terrible hair, his glittery ties, and uh, yes, yes, <laughs> he did not look like a man that made that much money <laughs> even at that time. It was it was a tough gimmick to get into because you're like he's wearing like a really cheap suit and his hair looks like shit. This man does not look like he makes the most money, but uh... Swiss Bank Holdings was the name of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, so there's our yeah, preview Reigns, of the head of the table. Will Joe, is there is there my book odds? Will Roman Reigns talk while the match is going on? Is there odds for that? There's not, but I already gave it the odds. He's minus six hundred. Okay. Well, what about the odds for gonna... is Roman going to talk in the match? And say... I don't have that. That's not a prop. <laughs> no, I'm yelling at you, but that's not a prop being offered here. Whether he'll talk, because I think they realize that that's just that's a bad prop. Yeah, that's a, that's a, the the Real odds prop. are that are, are going to be a little skewed. All right, here's a match that I know you care about. WWE SmackDown Tag Team Titles, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode defending the coveted SmackDown Tag Team Titles against Rey Mysterio and get this show, his son, Dominic Mysterio. Rich, I'm sad to report that 90 minutes later, I still don't Damn. care about Dominic. Damn, all right. And I would I would like to add, I will never <laughs> about Dominic. Now you don't care. What, what if Ray and Dominic? Def- what are the odds? I want to say. Do, what I was going to say. Defy the odds, but I should. I should get the odds from you first. The Dirty Dogs. They're slight favorites. They're minus two hundred. So they're not going to defy the odds. They're going to be the. I'm odds. saying Ray. <laughs> Ray and Dominic. Yes, correct. They wouldn't be defying the odds. Okay. Right. Right. There's there's slight favorites here. That might be worth a play, right? At minus two hundred. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. not bad. That's yeah, bad. like they they don't I actually trust Dominic Mysterio to, to win the title, so that they'd have the Dirty Dogs win it. But uh, yeah, that, it's gonna be unfortunate because the Dirty Dogs were a really good uh, trivia question for the last like five months of like, can you name the SmackDown Tag Team Champions? And I think you actually asked me that one time, and I couldn't even name the Dirty Dogs. So that that that's gonna be unfortunate that they'll lose that uh, that trivia question. I think. So. Uh, I think Roman's kind of cheap. Minus 600? That's not it's bad. Not bad. Losing. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. There's, there's some very hopeful Cesaro fans out there, but. Uh, no, he has no chance. Well, if I bet chance. my entire if I bet my entire bankroll, what can I win? Let me see. Don't do that. Uh, oh, you're, you're my bookie bankroll? Or you're like actual? Yeah, literal? no, no, no. Just oh, my, my okay. <laughs> I was like, uh. I just did a withdrawal. Let me see how much I have. I have $456.53 in my account. Okay. So if I bet the entire bankroll, I can win $75.60. <laughs> Sounds bad. Yeah. But I really think Roman's an absolute lock. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think so, too. But it, it, is, it is this company, though, Joe. You need to be careful. It is this company. But I would – Roman is one of the ones they – don't, they don't play with Roman too often, especially now with this heel Roman. But I don't know. One thing to worry about, wacky DQs and things like that could really get screwed. Yeah. But, okay, what if I uh, like I said I just made a withdrawal. I I made a hundred dollar deposit. I've more than made back my money. I've taken some of it back already. This is really just bonus money at this point. Do you think it's worth it? Nah. But the whole bankroll, you say no. Nah. I think I think we can find better odds yeah, for another. Wrestling. You are risk averse, though. Yeah, I am. You're, yeah, yeah. You're risk averse. You're risk averse. Yeah, I'm the wrong person um, to ask about gambling. <laughs> I would say no to all of it. I would just say keep your four hundred dollars and, and and put it in your pocket. Is what I would say. But. Got the betting slip up, the little pop up box. All I have to do is slap place bet four hundred fifty three dollars and sixty three cents on Roman Reigns minus six hundred for a payout of seventy five sixty. Which creates it's up to you. No. 
Right. Clear bet slip. Yeah, I cleared sorry. it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You it, heard it, it, folks. I can't try. I, tr- I can't, you can't trust this company, man. You know, an Uso could come back and distract Roman. You know what I mean? Like, you can't trust this company. I hear you. The, 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 right. the, DUI, the DUI, DUI Uso could come back and really kind of change things for, you know, put things for a loop here. So, you know, I hit a soccer under the other night. Oh, Russian man. soccer. <laughs> what are you doing? Why yeah. are you betting Russian well, soccer? I'm up late and I just go to the live betting tab and I just see what's going on. It was like two in the morning and there was some Russian soccer game and there was like uh, there was only like eight minutes of regulation left and it was one nothing and the uh, the total was sitting at one and a half. So I said, "Fuck it, they can go eight minutes here, right?" Oh, but so, see, no, but see, you, you you not knowing soccer could have screwed you there. The injury time. Yeah, yeah, they have that dumb time at the oh. end where they're like, all right, actually, the game is over. Nope, never mind. 15 more minutes. And you're like, what? what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's where the story's going because I, I, I said, fuck it. So I played a small play. I didn't put a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight uh, minutes for sure. sure. Eight minutes in soccer. Yeah, there's a good chance they're not, the score's not happening. So, yeah. So the other thing is they have these grimy streams that they have. I don't know if you knew that, but my bookie, they've got illegal streams of like everything that these assholes, they should pay us for this week. I, I might email them and say, hey, pay us for this week. But anyway, go ahead. I played the under and, and I hit and we go into the injury time and and this injury time, Rich, I don't know how many minutes it was. <laughs> and I and admittedly it was a small play, but it felt like about three hours of injury time. I'm like, blow the fucking whistle. <laughs> it's like four thirty in the morning. I'm screaming in my living room. Blow the fucking whistle. I couldn't believe how long this was. There were corner kicks. It was intense. Like it came down. There was like these hot saves, and I'm like, geez. I've never been so nervous about twelve dollars in my life. Can we just blow the whistle here? But uh, I ended up hitting that. So uh, big fist pump for JL. Congratulations! Way to go, uh, way to go, Moscow something versus something. You could. I'm guessing you couldn't pronounce either team's name, correct? I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I couldn't read that shit. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even positive it was Russian. I'm not even positive it was soccer at this point. I just bet on something that was under one and a half, and it ended up one nothing. There you go. So, well, congratulations uh, you know, for, uh, on your win. So. Winner. That was a twelve. Let me I'll give you the exact total here. I won twelve dollars and sixty three cents on that. <laughs> That's so, really what are you doing? <laughs> tremendous win. That's what I do in the middle of the night. This now, is so. yeah. Wow. Backlash. Anyway, Wrestle WrestleMania backlash, Joe. Not just backlash. Get out of here. Uh, WWE Raw Women's Title. Rhea Ripley. Defending her title against Asuka and also Charlotte Flair. Triple threat match here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rhea's the favorite here. You get Asuka plus 500. That's not bad. That's really not That's not bad. Char- that's, any, any bet for Charlotte's a good one, too. I mean, that's worth a small play. You know, the Preakness is this weekend. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it the Preakness? Uh, yeah. It's the Preakness. Yeah, it's Preakness, yeah. There's a 30-1 to long shot named Ram. Have to play that horse. I mean, I'm a Rams fan. That's yeah, of fate. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Thirty to one. That's worth twenty bucks, right? I mean. Oh yeah. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will be betting Ram this weekend in the Preakness as we continue our WWE backlash, <laughs> WrestleMania backlash slash Joe's gambling debauchery segment here. Um, I don't know. It's uh, Ripley and Oscar have 
awful chemistry. They're terrible. Yeah, they need to, yes, they need to get as far away from each other as they possibly can. They, both of them, who I think are both competent pro wrestlers, I know for a fact Asuka is a competent pro wrestler, and I think Rhea Ripley is a competent pro wrestler. Those two are fucking oil and water. They need to get as far away from each other as quickly as possible. Please, for the sake of both of their careers and their lives and their necks. Need to get away from each other. So maybe with maybe with Charlotte in there, it'll improve the match because they have had horrible. Yes, matches known non-botcher Charlotte Flair is in there, so that should hopefully. Yes. Well, you know, you no, make a valid point. Known smooth worker Charlotte Flair coming into the match to, to get things back on track. I'm sure. So yeah, that's she'll do a moonsault. Nobody will catch her. It'll be the same old stuff. Anyway, all right, whatever. It's uh, Bianca Belair versus Bailey SmackDown Women's Title. That should be a good match. Yeah. WWE Championship match, Bobby Lashley defending the title against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Joe, I don't know if you saw Raw is War this week, but Braun Strowman grabbed Drew McIntyre, and you won't believe this, power slammed him through the barricade. Can oh, you imagine that's your favorite spot. Oh my god, I can't believe they did it. It's, it's, it's been at least four weeks since they did it. Um, as impactful as ever. Just, yeah, a, a guy going through the barricade. It's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I hope... And I think I'm I'm pretty sure if there's a prop bet for Will Braun Strowman put somebody through a barricade at WrestleMania Backlash, I would slap the yes on that for sure. But uh minus six hundred. For the barricade? No. Is that actually there? Look at Rich logging in. Look at Rich oh, Hold on, is that no, actually no. there? No, no, there's oh, no real damn it. No. You were gonna play that, weren't you? I was definitely gonna play that for sure. <laughs> As Michael uh, Cole screams, Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman. <laughs> Um, really blew through the Damian, the, uh, not, no, the, uh, Bianca Belair Bailey match. Yeah, I, it'll match. be fine. It'll be good. I don't know. This Bailey character I'm not too into because she showed that she had a shred of, of comedy, uh, chops and they've now decided that she's say, like Jesse Raphael or whatever. So like, it's yeah. so bad. It's just, you can never show that company that you have any, anything. Uh, so yeah, cause now she's just Sally, Jesse Raphael and it's, it's, that's it. Blair, biggest favorite on the board, by the way, minus nine fifty. Um, mm, mm. so you can get that's not bad value for Bailey, man. You don't know. I mean, like, I don't think they're gonna do it, but you know, you can get her at plus five hundred. That yeah, is like that's not listen, bad. That, yeah, I don't think you can look. If you can get a Bailey at plus five hundred, don't you always have to you take? You kind of got to, yeah, because Vin- Vince McMahon might just wake like- up and just go, God damn it! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just never know what's gonna happen. I think if you can get a Bailey at plus 500, don't you always have to take it is the most Bill Simmons line I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think it's true, though. Joe, like, the, the sports it, guy Joe over there with the uh, yeah. cousin Sal will be on the show for this segment uh, next next month. But uh, no, I mean, those are great odds for, for a Bailey, right? In. I don't think they'll beat Bianca this quickly. Again, though, the problem with WWE is you get the the shitty finishes can really screw you if they do DQs or something. Right, right, right. It's why I, I'm really never confident in, in betting on any WWE thing, uh, just because yeah, they they it, it, it's it's on the whims of an insane 70, 80 year old or whatever, and they, they their booking is so weird and so off the wall and so unpredictable, and sometimes so they're you know unpredictable by design of, oh, well, we need to change the, you know, people can't predict what we're going to do and that they'll, they'll do wild ass things. And uh, yeah, nothing matters either. Like wins and losses don't matter. So it's like Bianca could lose this title 
Um, and then she'd win it again in another month, and everybody on, on you know all the stands on on Twitter would go, "Oh, another star making performance, Bianca two time. Oh, it's great." You know what I mean? Like instead of just being like, "Why'd she ever lose it? Like, what are you doing? No, she should never lose the title." They would all just celebrate it and love it anyway. So it's it's they can feed him whatever they want, and and the and the stands, Joe, will uh, will appreciate it and and stand out and get in our mentions about it. So luckily, we don't really get them very often no we, we run into them a few times like when one of, our, one of our tweets goes viral and then it's filled with like why don't you say anything about bianca belair it's like oh you mean like, like the no hour one. and a half show we just did where we talked about how great she was <laughs> and predicted that she was going to be great seven years ago you yeah, dope get out of here what the fuck yeah, what we get is a lot of gifts we get a lot of gifts yeah when we, when we, when we go viral yeah um what else is on this dopey show WrestleMania backlash or yeah. this show or the flagship Oh, the WrestleMania backlash. That's it. That's it, pal. That's all you got on this Sunday. Good, because I got to tell you, I was tired of this segment, and I, I'm really feeling Good. like moving on. Yeah, let's so, do it. So that, we, that is World Wrestling Entertainment, the uh, biggest wrestling company in the world. We've devoted 10 minutes, and most of it was talking about the Preakness or Joe's betting on Russian soccer. so Or some soccer. Latvian soccer or something. Some, some, uh, some know, country uh, somewhere was playing soccer, and Joe was betting on it. Not even positive it was soccer, because when I clicked the what. <laughs> Listen, when I clicked I thought the you watch said you saw live a stream thing, of it. No, but here's what they do. Like if you click okay, so if there's a sport, right? You can click either a live stream and then they have this other thing, track it live. And it and sometimes like if you click the track it live thing, it it isn't really a live stream. What it is is like a graph they put on the screen and it shows you where the approximate location of the ball Got it. Okay, okay. It has okay. the timer. So kind of like a game you day or something I mean? like that. Yeah. So it could have been hand, like a, you could have yeah. been watching handball for all you know. I'm assuming this was soccer because they were using phrases like corner kick and things like that. So I'm pretty sure it was soccer. Can I 100% verify that it was a soccer game? I cannot. Cannot. But uh, I think it was soccer. The, the animated field I was looking at kind of looked like a soccer field with a line in the middle and then the goals on the end. So I don't know. Look, Rich, I won $12. That's all that matters. Yeah, at the end of the day. Somebody did something, or, or nobody did anything. I should say, and then you won twelve dollars from it. So that's all that really matters. Yes. Anyway, there we go. We've been told uh, that handball scores are much higher than that, so it was not handball. So it was probably it been uh, handball. Yeah. No, it, apparently it wasn't handball. Yeah, handball. The, the the scores are much higher than one to zero. So there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, it had to be soccer. Probably soccer. There you go. Yeah, if it, it, low yeah. scoring and it happening in the middle of nowhere, it's probably probably soccer. All right, so let's uh, let's talk oh, about Dragon Gate. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The night I was eyeing, I was eyeing up table tennis the other night. And I was like, Joe, this has just gone too far. Yeah, that that's I, uh, you know, I know, I, I disagree. More table tennis betting for sure. Got uh, this table tennis. I don't even know what fucking country this would be. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. It's the international ET Cup. Okay. Used to be a porn star named TT Boy. Do you remember TT Boy? I don't remember TT Boy. No, I don't. You know who I bet remembers TT Boy? Chris Zellner. I bet if you ask Chris Zellner, (laughs) TT Boy, he knows who TT Boy is. He'll know. I bet you want to bet on that. I bet you. Uh, No, no, because I know Chris Zellner. If 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 it was somebody and he was a, a prominent porn star. Uh, my like man Chris Zellner definitely knows about. Yeah, I'm not even saying it. Chris Zellner is a pervert. I'm saying no. He's got a Chris he's Zellner got a he's got know. a great mind. He's got a great mind for history. And and if that's the history of porn and that's something that he cares about, yeah, he knows who who that guy is. I'm just saying Chris Zellner knows a lot about like the early '90s and people who were famous during those times. I'm not even calling the man a pervert. Okay, like if you if you said who would know who 
an early 90s porn star is, you would think of Joe Lanza and Chris Zellner almost immediately. Like, you would think that we would know that. What was this lad's name again? Is, what was this lad's name again? T.T. what? T.T. Boy. T.T. Boy. Okay. Boy. B-O-Y. Like Sachi Shoko no, Boy. No, I spelled boy. How do we spell T.T.? How was T.T. spelled? Two letters. Two capital Oh, T.T. Okay. Okay. So he's like he's like Tomahawk T.T. He's like if Sachioka yes. Boy and Tomahawk T.T. got together. I don't know. Correct. Okay. T.T. Right. Boy. Let's see what this, uh, this lad looks like. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what he looks like. T.T. Boy. He was a porn star. Mm. Look at him. He's looking, he looks like Larry Dallas a yeah, little, right? He really does. I do not want to watch this guy have sex at all. Like T.T. Boy looks a lot like Larry Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like I don't want to watch Larry Dallas. <laughs> oh, my God. He looks like Larry Dallas. Holy shit. There is a picture that's like the fifth one that I was convinced is that that's Larry Dallas. Is that the is, one with the... Hold on, the one with the purple striped shirt and the sport coat? No, no, okay, keep going, keep going. There's there's one a little bit later. Um, oh, maybe we might be on different searches. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's... We're on different searches. He's got, like, a, he's wearing, like, a button-up shirt, and it's buttoned down to, like, you know, two buttons down. There's a little bit of hair coming. There's a little bit of a yeah. goatee out there. It's just, like, real... That's what I'm looking at. He's wearing, like, a purple shirt with stripes on it. Yeah, maybe, he, maybe it is right? the same. Yeah, just, re- yeah, yeah. Real Larry Dallas energy. Looks like Larry Dallas, yeah, TT boy. Yeah, he was. Uh, I wonder if he's still going at it. T boy. Yeah, you never stop fucking, right? I, but I mean, in the industry. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I don't wonder if he's still an active uh, porn star. I haven't. I, I. I don't. I can't say I've seen him in years. He doesn't look. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know if I want to uh, look familiar to my. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Rich, you almost caught yourself. You're like, oh, he doesn't look like someone I've seen. Look, Rich, we all know you watch porn. No, no, I, mean, I just no, 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 no. I mean, somebody I don't want to see. You. Have sex. Like, I don't really, I don't really want to watch TT Boy. He looks like an early 90s. Porn yeah, star. exactly. Like, like that, that's an era that I'm, I'm good. Like, it, any, like anytime you're like clicking around on a porn site and it loads and you're like, oh, this is from like 1995 and I do not want to watch this at all. Like it, or you look at the cover of porn and you're like, that doesn't look even appealing at all. Like at, on any level whatsoever. Like the, the men all are just the worst looking dudes you've ever seen in your life. They all just, yeah, very like aggressively. 1993 porn look for uh for tt boy so uh, one more point on tt boy we move please on. yeah please tt boy was well known for his heavy loads ah. which, but not as much as peter north peter north is the king of the uh, <laughs> fantastic the money shot great king of the money shot anyway i was uh looking at this international tt cup uh table tennis and vitaly vovok is taking on Mikola Litvinenko. Oh, that's a big, that's a big matchup. Yeah, you got you got to uh, Vitaly uh, Potapenko or whoever you. Uh, yeah, you got to got to put money on him. Litvinenko is at minus one eighty one. Mm. So, tell you what, I'm gonna make a play on uh, <laughs> Litvinenko. Here. We got these assholes better pay us for this week. I'll, I'm just saying that. Oh wait, the odds changed on this. It's supposed to be a hot match. He now he's. Oh, you know what it is? It went off. Match went off two oh, minutes ago. We missed it. Damn it! Shit! I was gonna bet on Litvinenko. Well, he he's I gonna go through, it. and then you're gonna be able to bet on him the next time. This is it's, it's, live it's, betting, right? This is the final. Oh yeah, you could probably bet on the uh, the third set. I don't know table. I don't know the scoring of table tennis. So. Litvinenko. I don't know how it works either. Uh, Litvinenko. <laughs> um, sadly, there doesn't appear to be live betting on this match. So. Mm. Um, that's the end of that. Anyway, you got a little TT boy diversion. Yeah, so let's yeah. let's go to the the, home, the f- f- former home of Di- uh, Tomahawk TT Dragon Gate uh, King of Gate going on uh, May fourteenth, starting tomorrow uh, through May thirtieth is block play. Uh, King of Gate is three blocks of six different wrestlers. Well, normally it's of six different wrestlers. We'll talk about that. 
uh, uh, here in a bit as, as things got a little bit changed up uh, a bit. I think it is still... We'll, we'll get to it in a second. Anyway, uh, plus the winner of a second chance battle royal. Those guys are going to advance to the semifinals of a standard format tournament, which will take place on June 3rd in Tokyo. We're going to have a preview up at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Mike Spears will make some some sense of this and also open the voice gate this week. Uh, they preview the King of Gates on uh, the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, so you can get some uh, some thoughts on that. But anyway, two points awarded for a victory, one point for a time limit draw, uh, and zero points awarded for uh, loss, no contest, or double countouts. Uh, quickly, I'll go over the blocks here. A Block, Naruki Doi, Ben K, Kota Minora, uh, Takayashi Yoshida, BB Hulk, and Diamante are your A Block. Okay, so that block... That block to me is the worst block for match quality. There's yeah, there's three people that I have really no interest in watching wrestle, and yeah, that that doesn't yeah that doesn't sound very good actually. So that's the to me, and I'll give you my quick thoughts on each block as you go through. That's the block to me, which is the least interesting from a match quality perspective. Anyway, B block, B block, KZ, uh, Susumu, Dragon Kid, Jason Lee, Ata, and SB Kento. I love that block. That block's awesome. This is the best block yeah. for match quality, in my opinion, because I'm not an Ata hater. I know a lot of people are Ata haters. I am not. You got Jason Lee, who can work with anyone. He's a Swiss Army knife. You got Susumu Yokozuka, who might, you know, you know how much I love that guy. Uh, KZ, SB Kento. I mean, you know, coming off of having his head shaved. Okay. So this, to me, is the best block in terms of match quality. Right. Dragon Gate's one of the, or Dragon Kid is one of the worst workers in this block, and he's. I mean, I I like Dragon Kid still. So it's like you know, and, if, and look and look at the people. He could have great matches with KZ and Ata mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm, like that. Exactly. This is this is just this is my the best block in my opinion for match quality. Uh, and then the C block is gonna be Shun Skywalker, Yamato, uh, Keisuke Okuda, UT, Kaito Ishida, and Hyo is gonna be in the C block. So the C block to me is the most intriguing of the three blocks because you've got Shun Skywalker there. He's the champ. He'll have a match against Kato Ishida. He'll have a very interesting match against uh, Okuda. Okay, I think the Yamato match will be interesting. So this, from a story perspective, I think is the most interesting of the three blocks. So those are my takes. A block stinks. B block will have the best matches. C block is the most intriguing. I think that works. Yeah, that, that's that's probably the same for me. So uh, what's going to happen is the because the, the, the King Gate was supposed to start earlier this month. And obviously, uh, things have come up, obviously, in Japan, state of emergencies, canceled shows, COVID cases, all that sort of stuff. So what they're going to do is the first show uh, is going to be in a uh, an empty arena. And they're going to kind of run through some of the early uh, uh, King Gate matches that were on the schedule. And then they're going to pick things up uh, in a few days with the actual in crowd. So there will be crowds for the final Pretty much every other night of King of Gate, other than that first weird night where they're going to try to catch up uh, to where they would normally be in the schedule. So it's going to be a little bit weird, but it'll all kind of catch up. And in a week's time, it'll be basically what it was before, barring any you know new COVID cases, new changes in the state of emergency, new changes, all that sort of stuff. But uh, that's that's what we have right now. Uh, who knows what the hell is going to happen because it's God knows what's happening in Japan right now. So. I think it's an interesting field because they left out a lot of the scrubs. There's no punch Tamanagas. I agree. I agree. To me, it shows how really, really good this roster is when when you get rid of kind of those lower card guys and just keep the top, top tier guys. And and with that being said, I mean, they're dealing with some injuries as well. Like, you know, people that would normally probably be in this tournament for, you know, other reasons are not in there. And still they're left with really the worst guy, the worst guys in this entire thing. Are someone like a BB Hulk who's washed at this point, and and I was never a big fan. Uh, Yoshida, who's like fine, you know what I mean? Like he, I, I don't love it, but they're fine. And and like Diamante, like you said, the A block has those three guys that I have no interest in. That's it, man. Everybody else in this tournament, I think, can go. 
and have really, really fun matches. So that that you can't complain with that. Maria, no punch, no conda, you know, people like that who just, you know, you, you don't really have any interest in. So um yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a it's a good lineup, it's a strong lineup, and I think the three blocks are very distinctive and will have their own flavor as well, like we just went over. So hopefully the empty arena stuff doesn't kill it. Like you said, they get back in the mix later on, hopefully with some fans. Um yeah, well, we we will definitely keep an eye on it. All right, let's uh, let's move over to the uh, American Indies here, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll get towards the end of our show here. We are we are uh, we got about forty minutes or so, so we'll we'll see if we have time to take calls uh, on this night. But uh, yeah, plenty of time to get through all this stuff. So bouncing around the Indies here, uh, we'll start with AAW Joe. Take no prisoners. I was there live, so I don't know if you want to lead me through it. If you want me to leave lead you through I'll it, lead you through it. All right, you you, you saw this on Fight. It was on Fight TV as well, so you were able to watch uh, Take No Prisoners stream live. I think you watched it a few days later, but uh, it was live. Uh, I was there live in person at 115 Bourbon Street uh, in, in, in near Chicago. Uh, very cool to be at live wrestling again. First live wrestling show I'd been to in, in a year plus, and it was uh, it was a pretty fun show. There was some stuff I didn't I didn't love everything about it, but but I can give my kind of live thoughts uh, while you lead me through it. So so take it away. I did not see the show. I saw um, a live seven and eight. I did not see Take No Prisoners. Oh, you did not. Okay. Oh, that's fine then. Okay, then I can I can lead you through it then. I'm gonna take you through the show. And you're, I'll lead you through, and and you give your thoughts, and then I'll pepper in what I can, but um, from the builds and stuff. But I did not see the Take No Prisoners show. So uh, Jake Something uh, defeated in a handicap match this new tag team, this uh, uh, Los Sociedad de Boricua team with uh, Axel Rico and Rico de la Vega, who I've been seeing all over the Alive shows. How they set this up? Did these two uh, guys do like a heel promo, and then? Like what happened? I'll be honest, I don't know. Like I, I when I arrived a little bit late because the show started at like seven thirty, and I did not get there in time, unfortunately, because of work and I have to come back and pick up the old wife and get her there. So uh, I walked into the arena as Jake something was just destroying both these men, putting them through a table and pinning them. So I don't know, but uh, I, I'm sure they talk shit. Jake something came out, beat their asses, and 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 that was that. But I don't know exactly how it started. But uh, my guess is they they came out. Made an open challenge, and Jake something came out and destroyed him. Is, is what my guess would be. But I old don't know. ECW, an old ECW gimmick they used to do, where you know nine one one would come out and kill somebody or whoever the fuck. So kind of that deal, probably. Um, okay, so we move on from that. Hakeem Zayn versus Dante Leon. Dante Leon just had that GIF match against. Um, oh shit! Who was it last weekend on the uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling show? They main evented, and uh, it was the match with all of those. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, did you see that gift? With all I did the not. Flips? Yeah, I don't think I did Guy see that gift. Yeah. Um, it was. I'm going to tell you right now. It was Dante Leon who I haven't oh, seen a ton of. I know the gift you're talking about. I I don't know who the guy yeah. was, but yeah, yeah, he was he was on the GCW shows. He was in some of the scramble matches. The one Ninja where, Mac. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Ninja Mac. That's it. Yeah. Ninja Mac. yeah. So okay, so Dante Leon to me and Ninja Mac, both of them, in my opinion, and I talked about this behind the paywall. They've got obvious talent. They both need to clean up their look. To me, that's the biggest weakness. Dante Leone, he just comes across like a yarder. He needs a complete revamp of his gimmick and his look. Um, what did you think of Hakeem Zayn versus Dante Leon? So I I, I thought this was kind of good. Hakeem Zayn kind of controls the match. He he gets the win. He he slows it down. His character in AEW is very different than it is. Uh, he's not he's he's very he's not very he's not Rohit Raju like he is in Impact. He's very different uh, here in AEW. Uh, Dante Leon, he was decent in this match. He kind of played the underdog here as Hakeem Zayn sort of controlled the match. I will tell you, the nurse is a fan of Dante Leon's look. Uh, I don't know why, because I think he looks like an asset, like an idiot too. Uh, but she thought uh, he looked kind of cool, so I don't. 
don't I don't know. Yeah, she has very interesting thoughts. So I, I it looks like somebody she probably smoked cigarettes with in high school. So I guess maybe that's why she is interested in sounds about spot on yeah, <laughs> right spot but on. like uh, i was just like no he looks like a fucking dork like he, he looks like an idiot so uh but anyway okay match better than you better than you probably expect when you read hakeem zane uh versus dante leon i think all of dante leon's worst traits were not here and and, and you saw the potential that he does have all right so uh we move on to allison k versus sky blue Sky Blue has had her problems with uh, Hyann on the on the Alive show. She's in a big feud with Hyann, who injured her arm on the last set. Did they work Sky Blue's arm injury into this match with Allison K? No, I don't think they did. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I don't. I don't think so. I, I again, I could be wrong. I, I don't remember exactly. I don't believe so. It, it, it wasn't obvious, at least to me. So High End faked an injury, and then, uh, you know, Sky Blue beat Katie Arquette, and then later in the show, uh, Sky Blue, uh, High End attacked her and broke her arm, and then they had a two out of three falls match. So she's in this feud with High End, but she wrestled uh, uh, Allison Kay here, and we put over Sky Blue last week. The reports I got from other people at the show were that she looked bad here. Did Sky Blue look bad in this match against Allison? I think she looked okay. I think a lot of the reports, I think, were a little little harsh on it. I, I don't think she looked that bad. The, the biggest issue that Sky Blue has right now, uh, particularly in this match as well, Allison K obviously much larger than Sky Blue. But it's not very hard to be bigger than Sky Blue. She's like four foot nine Tiny. and like, yeah, like a 92 pounds. Like, Allison K is like, you know, she looked like a giant. It looked like, you know, fucking Andre the Giant in there with Sky Blue just because Sky, yeah, she's just a fucking small, small you know, human being, but uh, one of the problems that she has right now is her offense just doesn't, it doesn't have the impact. It doesn't look, when she's flying and when she's selling, she does a really, really good job. The problem, though, is like when she does strikes or kicks or whatever, there's, there's, you can tell that she's still kind of early in her training because that's one of the early things that you get is people are are scared to throw strikes, scared to throw kicks because they don't want to hurt their opponent. They're taught not to hurt their opponent. They're taught to work light or whatever. She's going to have to kind of work that out of her, and I would say that would be the only thing that she kind of suffered for in this match, but I think she does a tremendous job of selling. And I think this match, Allison K, I thought who I, I don't always love Allison K. I thought Allison K was really good in this match. So I thought this was solid as hell. And, and, and yeah, I don't think the reports that I saw, it, the people that were kind of responding to you, I think were being a little harsh. I, I don't think sky blue is as bad as, as those people were saying. I thought she looked really good on the last two live shows I watched. So um, I'm still buying the stock. She obviously is not even close to a finished product, but, um, to see that those reports may have been a little harsh. ACH versus his shoot's best friend, Davey Vega. Yeah, so this uh, this was interesting. It was very slowly worked. Uh, it was not as dynamic as you probably would assume it would be. It was, like you said, a little bit more of like a friend versus friend, you know, friendly competition uh, between these two guys. I was kind of surprised, though. It didn't it didn't really it was like a very well worked pro wrestling match, but not the match that I expected Davey Vega and ACH. Uh, to have ACH was very grounded in this. He didn't do a whole lot of flying. Uh, David Vega was was mostly grounded. It was mostly just kind of hard hits in the ring, just kind of you know ACH working over David Vega, David Vega working over ACH, and and then it it ended kind of out of nowhere uh, with ACH getting the win. And the story here, and 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 uh, uh, yeah, you'll probably catch up on it when you watch it live and when you watch this show is uh, David Vega has uh, he's got he's down in the dumps because he just lost ACH, and he calls out Johnny Bravo and says, you know what, I'll take up your offer. I'm going to join your stable. So David Vega. Oh! has now joined Johnny Bravo's stable. Oh, I like that. I'm into it. Yeah, he's I'm all depressed. It. He's like, I fucking suck. All right, fine. Yeah, come on. You know, and Johnny Bravo's very happy about that, too. Of course, he's got a new man in the stable. 
I'm into that. Did you see ACH versus Mance Warner? Yes, I did. That was awesome. What notebook on that? Yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, I that was that was better than that. this by a lot. <laughs> I'll say that, which is you know obvious. Uh, but yeah, th- that that ACH Mance Warner, go out of your way to watch that one. ACH David Vega, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can skip it if you need to. I was on a live eight because Warner picked Matthew Justice to face Fred Yehi, and they had a really good match in the main event of a live seven, and. Um, and Yehi picked ACH to face Mance Warner. They picked their own opponents ahead of the match they were going to have on Take No Prisoners. So Yehi picked ACH, even though he hates ACH and is in a feud with him, he knew he'd be a tough opponent for Warner and could wear him down. Yeah, for that's the smart shit. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, Warner said he's going to wrestle him straight and I can never do a Warner promo justice, but he was like, you know, you want to do your straight wrestling and all that. And Warner, no gimmicks, wrestled ACH. I was skeptical of it, but they had a really good match. I went four flat on it. Um, Myron Reed defending the Heritage title. It's Matt Fitchett. Uh, good. Not, uh, not great. Uh, good. That's kind of the unfortunate Martin Reed thing is a lot of times you, you, you see him in there. He's got all the potential to have really, really good matches, but very often they're just like solid. You, you know what I mean? And this was, it was definitely one of those, uh, Matt Fitch, I love, uh, he, it felt like everybody on the show was a little step short, especially the guys that hadn't wrestled in a while or hadn't wrestled in front of crowds, uh, for a while. So Fitch, it was, was good, but I've definitely seen better. And I think these two guys can definitely, definitely have. Uh, a, a better match in that, but it, it was solid. It was definitely solid, but but I, I think these guys are definitely. When I saw Myron Reed versus Matt Fitch, I, I thought, oh man, that's gonna be really really good. And it was it was solid, but I, I think these guys definitely have a better match in them. Uh, Shaft won a three way. Damian Chambers and Jason Page. Um, I'm looking at this card, Rich. No Rush Jones. No, I know. I was very upset. They did they did in a live taping before. I, I didn't get there for any of the live taping, oh. but I, I imagine he was on that uh, pretty heavily. So. I'm loving the Rush Jones push. Oh, I love it too. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, Chef. If you, if you like Rush Jones, you're going to get a little bit of that with Chef. He doesn't look as good uh, as Rush yeah. Jones. Uh, he's he's got more of a Kevin Owens look to him. Uh, but essentially, Damian Chambers and Jason Page came out. Chef said, "I want to be in the match." So he walks in and they just beat everybody up, and then he pinned him, even though he really wasn't in the match. This was this is really weird, but at least it was short, and and it was clear the design was to get Chef over. But uh, I don't know. This Damian Chambers and Jason Page. These guys look pretty good too. So. Uh, when you do watch this, I think you'll be more impressed by those guys than you were for for Shaft. But uh, yeah, it was all right. I got I got my eye on a youngster that I saw on uh, Alive. You want to know who it is? Yeah, who do you got? To... AJZ. AJZ. I don't know if I know anything about AJZ. He is a um, Ohio Valley guy, OVW guy, and they used him on the most recent. Uh, Live. He worked a live, I want to say seven. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, he worked a live seven against Isaiah Moore, who also looked pretty good. A live eight, my bad. A live eight. Oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I got my eye on him. I'm not ready to give him the full Lanza stamp of approval because that means something. You know what I mean? That means something. I have my eye on AJZ. Yeah, as a body guy, I get it. I get it. Yeah, tremendous body for sure. You're the body guy. See, I knew you were going to bring up the body. But here's the thing about AJZ. Tremendous body, little worker in the five-minute match I saw. I love the way he carries himself. So my eyes are going to be open for AJZ. So, uh, let's see. We had Manders and Matthew Justice defeating Infamy. 
It went long, 20 minutes. Yep, it was. It, it couldn't be a 115 Bourbon Street show, and it was officially, COVID is officially over because the second gear crew in Infamy, uh, the match started, they rolled out of the ring, and then they brawled in the bar, in the crowd, shared drinks, hit people with drinks, spit on people, everything you could possibly want out of a, uh, a crowd brawl you got here from uh, from this match. I uh, It was fine. It was okay. Um, I saw when people were watching it, on, uh, I know that uh, Case Lowe, who did our review at voiceofwrestling.com, said that it was like impossible to see on the pay-per-view because they're just wrestling in darkness of the crowd. So if you're watching on VOD, you might want to just skip the whole thing because, yeah, the entire match was basically on the bar, uh, which I don't even think had a light or anything. So, yeah, I could definitely see this being a pretty terrible uh, 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 video experience and live it was fine but it, it, it definitely definitely felt like it went way 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 too long so I don't know it was okay I'm just I I, I get kind of bored of, of crowd brawls so if I never see another crowd brawl in my life I'm I'm good yeah so Leo Rush versus Laredo Kid I will say that Leo Rush versus Myron Reed on the final fusion before they took their break was also a notebook match I will recommend that to anybody who uh, wants to check that out but uh, Leo Rush versus Laredo Kid Rich, I hear this was the match of the night. Oh, easily, easily, easily the match of the night. Really, really good stuff here. Four, four flat for me uh, from Leo Rush and Laredo Kid. Leo Rush kind of busting out a little bit of the old school Leo Rush stuff, doing a lot of flying in this. Laredo Kid just being goddamn incredible and just blowing your mind with what he can do uh, in the ring and, and really, really good work. And when you compare that the match prior, like you said, went 20 minutes and felt every bit of the 20 minutes, this match goes, you know, 15, 34, whatever, just under 16 minutes. And it blew by. You couldn't believe how quick this went. This was really, really good. Uh, if there's one match that I can absolutely, absolutely, absolutely recommend, it is this match from the show. Go out of your way to watch this match. Well worth it. Stars, Rich. Stars. I want to hear stars. Uh, four. I went four with this one. Four. Okay. Uh, tag team titles. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton defended against Gringo Loco and Trey Miguel. I guess Arez went home. because Yeah, on the yeah. Shows. I was really excited. And the Cubs fan was sitting a few uh, seats away from me. So I scoot over before this match. And I go, yeah, Gringo Loco's guys is Arez, right? And he goes, no. And I went, oh. <laughs> no, Arez is in Mexico. And I went, oh. Well, who's it going to be? Oh, this was a mystery opponent. Right? Yeah, it was mystery a TV. Part. It was a to be decided, and I was like, which made sense. Like when I asked him, I was like, oh yeah, right, because Arez was already Gringo Loco's like partner. So like, why would they, you know, have it be a, a, a to be decided or a question mark? And it made a lot of sense, and I was very disappointed. Not that Trey, not that I don't like Trey Miguel, but I had like really high hopes for you know who the mystery guy was going to be, and it was just uh, Trey Miguel. Uh, the match, eh, not that good. I like Gringo Loco. He kind of stinks. Trey Miguel was was. Yeah, on this match. Ace Austin and Man Man Fulton. I like Austin, but he's in certain times it doesn't always deliver. And Fulton's fine in for certain contexts, but in this match he was he was not very good. So I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't bad bad, but it wasn't uh it wasn't anything to write home about. Right, so Mance Warner and Fred Yehai for the title obviously had a very good build that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. We just talked about it a few minutes ago where they picked each other's opponents. The one thing I like about AAW right now watching a live is I know the motivations and all the storylines of all the key players. It's very clear. They get promo time. The stories are clear. They run a lot of good, simple angles. And the build for this match was very good. Take us through this title match. So this was a good match with a bad finish. A really good match with a bad finish. So what happens is right off the bat, Fred Yehai goes and starts attacking Mance Warner. The bell rings and he just goes at him, goes at him, goes at him, goes at him. He gets him outside the ring. He grabs a beer bottle from the crowd, smacks it over Mance Warner's head. Mance Warner now is gushing blood, just buckets of blood coming from Mance Warner. And the next 18 minutes of this match are Fred Yehai hitting Mance Warner with a chair, 
beating on him, beating on him, beating on him, putting him in holds, locking him in holds, going for pinfalls, locking him in more holds, beating on him with a chair. Be- just 18 minutes of Fred Yehai destroying Mance Warner, just absolutely killing him. And Mance Warner just bleeding buckets while it's happening, wiping Mance Warner's blood all over his, his chest and all over his face and just beating on him and beating on him and beating on him. And it's like, oh, my God, it's just such a destruction. Like, you almost wanted them to just get Freya. Like, Freya had just go down there, one, two, three, Freya had gets the win. You know what I mean? Just an absolute, like, it would put him over in such a degree uh, for all the beatdown that he did. So, anyway, he's beating on him and beating on him and beating on him. And then Mance Warner avoids a strike, rolls him up, one, two, three, and it's over. I hated. Hmm. It. I hated the finish. Hated the finish. Finish. Yeah, and there, there's there was a little bit like he he avoided the strike and got a little bit of offense, but not if you're gonna do a comeback like that, I either want the this guy had no chance and just got lucky pinfall, which I still hate. I don't like that. Or you got he's got to come back a little bit more. He's got to have a minute to come back. He's got to do something to get back on this. It felt like Freddie after 19 minutes of destroying this guy who's bleeding buckets gets rolled up and pinned. It's just I don't know. I I I I did not love it. So um, really really good match. Freddie High looked incredible in this. Mance Warner did a great job of bleeding and and, and selling. I hated the finish though. Absolutely absolutely could not stand the finish of this match. They set up what's next at all for Mance Warner. Sort of. Yes, I, I, they didn't allude to it exactly because I'm imagining on a live you're going to get that. But but a few different guys came out and 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 sort of staked their claim, including Jake something, including uh, you had Mance Warner and Matthew Justice coming out and kind of saving uh, you know Mance Warner. So uh, they they kind of set it up, but I think you'll get more direction uh, pretty soon after uh, after the live show. So I, I I think they did, but I don't want to say for sure because I think a live is going to probably make it a little bit more clear uh, what 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 the matches moving forward are going to be. Okay. Okay. So, uh, oh, look at this. Hey, what's up, buddy? You guys just got home? Already in your pajamas? Let me see. Oh, it's Baby Yoda? Yeah? Oh, you look like you're wide awake, though. Look like you're going to sleep. You going to bed? We're watching movie. you watching? Star Wars. You're watching Star Wars? I don't think you're watching Star Wars. You guys never watch that. I don't like that. You're too impatient for that. You're watching Star Wars? You really are? Your sister's going to turn that off. You know she doesn't like that. All right. Hit the bricks. <laughs> Let the dog in. Take the dog with you. Okay. Thank you. All right. So a little mini run-in. Yeah, two, a little two-star run-in there. Really no no effort. Just kind of a low, like a house show loop. <laughs> you know, Butch Reed there. <laughs> Came in, got his hug, took back off. <laughs> yeah, right, I don't right. Know. Got the payday, went to the pay window, and uh, did his thing. a danger now of the, of the jealous girl coming in now. So yeah, that's always I, a possibility. All right, so uh, that was the AEW show, um, which Rich attended. You said Case Lowe did the review for that? Uh, Case Lowe, yeah, VoicesWrestling.com. Tremendous, tremendous review, as always, from Case. Uh, we had a couple more indie topics we wanted to get to here. Yeah, Limitless, uh, the games we play. That was this weekend as well. I only, so now I can kind of, I, I might, did you watch this entire show or did you just watch the big stuff? Skips a couple of matches, but I, for the most part, I watched the whole show. Okay, well, I will try to get, uh, I'll lead you through this because I only saw the semi-main and the main event. So how about that? How about I turn the tables and, and lead you through this? I've got very short thoughts on some of it, sure. Okay. Uh, the Sea Stars, one of your favorite teams in the world, defeat the Prestige. Yeah, so I saw Sea Stars and I saw Intergender. 
and I quickly saw the fast forward button. <laughs> right, so, so I, no yeah. shot. Reading that match, I, I cannot imagine that Joe Lanza spent nine minutes and thirty eight minutes watching that. So that we will not talk about. Uh, Alec Price versus Ken Broadway. Seeing a lot of Ken Broadway lately, and I'm never all that impressed. This was the best Ken Broadway I've ever seen. So he looked good here. He lost the match, but you know nobody cares about that. But um, I, I I was more impressed with Ken Broadway here than I ever have been previously. Uh, Rip Bison, which is a great name, uh, versus Robert Martyr. Rip Bison, kind of a throwback gimmick. Um, Robert Martyr's a guy who, effort, terrible look. Um, there's some tools there. He's the kind of guy I would book as undercard prelim guy who just who did a lot of jobs. Like I would use him the way I would use uh, Everett Connors or Jordan Oliver as sort of undercard guys. Uh, I think in ge- in some places, all of these guys get pushed too hard. But, um, you know, he's a guy who's like a long-range prospect, I guess. But he just – it's hard to overcome his look at this point. But um, uh, I had never seen Rip Bison before, but he is fine. You know, kind of a throwback gimmick. Strikes me as a local guy. But, you know, it was it, it was fine. Martyr, Martyr can – Martyr works better than you think he does. I, I don't know. He comes across better bell-to-bell than he does – if you're looking at like his promo picture, let me put it that way. Yeah. 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 When you were mentioning that, it reminds me of like, you know, the night, like mid nineties, Hardy boys, like they came out there and they looked like absolute dorks. And then they just, they, they could move around and, and, and take bumps. Like you could see the potential from those guys later down the line, but it was like, right now your guy's job for the next five years is just eat pins. Cause you guys look like you're 10 years old and you're small or whatever. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it more guys should probably be like that instead of, uh, you know, getting pushed. I would, here's, Robert Martyr, I would I would get him over if I was booking as all heart babyface on the undercard who never wins but gives his all. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And big heels pick on him because he's a guy who really his heart comes through. He really he comes across like courageous, like he has heart, and he he's like. And, and he wants to be a shooter, but he doesn't look the part mm-hmm. yet, you know? And it's like, I could get that over. I could get him over. I'd book him. I would book him, but I, I would be very careful how I use them. I would bring him along slowly and he'd be an undercard baby face who never wins. I would get him. Eventually I would get him over with the fans without ever even winning a match. I'd get him over. And then you see where you go from there. Anyway, there's my fantasy booking of Robert Martyr. There you go. That's why. That's why. That's why the the ten dollars people pay for this live stuff, and that's why you guys all listen to the Voice Wrestling Flagship. Uh, Ava Everett and Charles Mason versus the Scrunchy Squad. I Uh, feel like this has fast forward all over it. Yeah, I saw intergender again. I just you had to watch the Scrunchy Squad. I was pressed for time, and something had to give. And And in that case, it's always going to be intergender. Yeah, I mean. Because the one of the guys, you know, it's just what I just it Kev, didn't look too appealing. It so I doesn't it doesn't sound very great. Uh, Kevin, been, listen, oh, okay, it, go ahead. listen, listen. If it was the match of the year, I apologize. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. If you let us know if Joe missed the match of the year, and we will we'll go back and rewatch Ava Everett and Charles Mason versus the Scrunchy Squad. Anyway, uh, Kevin Blackwood defeating Matt Mikowski. All right. So, have you seen Kevin Blackwood? Yeah, uh, I hate the look. Can't stand it. Oh, really? I think he looks like a badass. Yeah. I think he has a good look. Have you seen Matt Mikowski? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. Picture a Kevin Blackwood, Matt Mikowski match. Got it. Can you do that in your head I right can, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this was. <laughs> wow. 
So it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. That's not a knock. No, I no, mean, no, it's no. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly what you would think that these two guys would do in a match, in a match that went ten minutes. And Blackwood and Garcia, Buffalo Brothers, are the big heels in this promotion right now. So, uh, they fancy themselves as the shooters and these great technical wrestlers, but they cheat to win all their matches. Right, which is a cool gimmick. So, I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and then they're then they like then they they act like they didn't cheat in the promo. You know what I mean? Right, which is the best heel they're gimmick like, you could ever do. Is is I don't think I'm evil. Right. I'm just. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, just the the and naive. That's exactly yeah, what that's they the best did. heels. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't hold his like he held them for leverage. Like, what are you talking about? You didn't see that properly, like that kind of deal. But yeah, it was it was entertaining. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus Travis Huckabee. I saw the last half of this match, so I can jump in a little bit uh, here. But I thought this was solid from what I, what I saw here with Lee Moriarty and Travis Huckabee, two solid pro wrestlers. So Moriarty just lost their world title to Daniel Garcia on the previous show, right? A match that I watched. It was a submission match, um, which I went notebook on, by the way. I have more takes on it later. But Lee, Lee's losing a lot of so titles, far. by the way. We'll uh, just just say about that. That's yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he is a man who had a lot of titles at the beginning of this month, and and now he has less titles, so much. including not so almost much. none of them. <laughs> yes, yes. He's moving down the card here, and he's taking on a Huckabee. And I thought, yeah, it was a really solid match. I thought the Blackwood Mikowski match and the Moriarty Huckabee match. Really, everything I watched on the show, to be honest, was very solid up to this point and getting progressively better as it moved along. And the one thing I'll say about these Limitless shows, because I watched the previous one too, you know how to build a card. It's, it's, you know, the prelims are the prelims. And they get the time that a prelim will get. And then the matches get better as the card goes. So they do a really good job with that. So yeah, it's a very solid match. Uh, and then we'll move on to uh, semi-main in the main event. The uh, semi-main was the MSP uh, defeating the main event, J-Line and Midas Black. I uh, I hope you didn't watch this, because I can't imagine you uh, <laughs> were very fond of this match, but uh, did you watch it? It's fine. I mean, the main event... You're going through hoops and stuff. Act. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good yeah. wrestlers when they get going, but it's just like, do we need to go through hoops? Like, do we need to... We get it. You're a circus act. We got it. Like, a lion is a literal lion. Yeah. Um, uh, look, it's 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 going to get them booked. Um, the match was fine. I don't know. We got other stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. And let's get to the main event here. Limitless world title. Daniel Garcia defeating J.D. Drake 25 minutes. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of uh, really, really good reviews. Uh, I thought it was good, not great. Uh, I, I've seen a lot better Daniel Garcia matches. I've seen a lot better J.D. Drake matches. I went in with pretty high expectations. And I don't know. I think it was really, really, really good. Uh, I just don't know if it was great. I don't know if I could go like notebook or anything with it. I thought it was solid as hell, but... I'm with you. I think um, maybe it was a victim of the overhype. I thought I went, I went notebook four flat. I thought the Moriarty Garcia match from, I'm going to get the date, their previous full show, not one of their gimmick shows, uh, April 16th, the show called uh, suffer no fools. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, the, yeah. The, title, the title change where Garcia beats Moriarty in the submission match. I thought that was the better than this match. I went like, uh, I go four and a quarter, four and a half on that one. And this one I'd go about four flat on. Um, Daniel Garcia is the best indie wrestler, I think, right now in, in America. I think I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah, oh, by miles. I too. like him a little. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, well, I mean, I like him a little better than Moriarty. I wouldn't say he's miles better than Moriarty. And I, I, I think, I don't think he's miles better than like some of your guys. See, I don't know if you count people 
like Leo Rush and ACH. Yeah, because kind of like that's an interesting one. Because yeah, somebody brought that up in a, in a Q and A, and they said who's like the most you know ready made indie talent that that never had a long run with a company. And I was like, well, what do we do with like Leo Rush and ACH and those guys? Like they didn't really have a long run with a company, and they're obviously ready made. But where where do they count in the ecosystem? Like. They're New Japan affiliated, right? So I don't it's know. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't know if we count them as American indie guys. Because then my easy question is, well, it's ACH. Like, if we count him, then it's not Daniel Garcia. It's yeah. ACH. But that's that's not a slight yeah, on correct. Daniel Garcia. Yeah. It's just that ACH is the most ready. You know, he's fucking ready to go because it's it's ACH. Like, and, and JD Drake is an AEW guy. So it's like I don't know what to do with people like that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, for like pure indie guys, like where there's no question, I think it's Daniel Garcia for me. And the match against Moriarty, doing this submission match, and it was just, oh my god, it was so good. It was just such a kick-ass match. And then Garcia taps. The ref doesn't see it. And Moriarty gets up to celebrate. The ref didn't see it, and the bell never rang. And then Garcia jumps him and puts him in a choke and chokes him out and wins the title. Which sounds like a bad finish if you don't understand like the Garcia character in this company. So then him and Blackwater, and, it, and he didn't really cheat. It's just the ref didn't see it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he, it's not his fault the ref didn't see it. Will he take advantage of it? Fuck yeah, he will. Right? And then he chokes out Moriarty, and Moriarty doesn't tap. He goes unconscious, which is important too. You know? And so that's how he won the title. And I thought that match was a little better than the J.D. Drake match, which I thought was a very good match. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Both going in my notebook. Yeah. I mean, they're both going in my notebook. Garcia's work, not even just from a technical standpoint where it's excellent, his character work is tremendous too. And not just as a heel, like if you remember the Brandon Thurston feud, shout out Brandon Thurston Howard, trained all these guys. Um, He was the baby face in that one and did a tremendous job. You know what I mean? It's like Garcia's well-rounded too. And that was a couple years ago when he was, you know, far less seasoned than he is now. That was like 2019 or something. So, um, yeah, Garcia just continues to impress me. And um, I preferred the Moriarty match. You didn't see both. Most people prefer the, the Drake match. But, look, they're both really solid matches, and you can't go wrong. And I think they're best watched back-to-back the way I did because then you get, like, the full story, too. Because J.D. Drake comes out and challenges Garcia after he wins the title for Moriarty. And he's like, hey, man, we all saw you tap. Because Drake wins the semi-main event, and he comes out, and he's like, we all saw you tap. That's bullshit. And Garcia's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? And then that sets up the match that, that, that you watched. Mm-hmm. So, well-booked, too. It's a well-booked promotion from yeah, what yeah, I've seen, yeah, too. For two sure. shows that I watched. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Just, yeah, maybe, maybe a victim of expectations for you, but st- still a match that I would definitely, uh, uh, definitely re- recommend uh, checking out if you get a chance. Uh, so that was Limitless Wrestling, uh, the games we play. It's available on independentwrestling.tv, so if you got a subscription, you can watch that show uh, anytime you want. And then one more match that I watched from Independent Wrestling TV this week uh, as well was Beyond Wrestling. I forget the name of the show that it was, but it was Beyond Wrestling this past week. Uh, it was Lee Moriarty versus Wheeler Utah for the IWTV uh, Independent Wrestling title. Uh, was on the line here. Lee Moriarty defending the title against Wheeler Utah. Went 52 minutes and 15 seconds show. Uh, I like this one a lot. Now, I, I you have not seen this, right? I didn't watch this. Quick correction. Garcia didn't beat Moriarty for the Limitless title. That was a title defense. He beat Christian Casanova the month before. Okay, so, okay, cool. Uh, 
Same idea, though, yeah. But anyway, no, I didn't see this match. So you're on your own with Wheeler, Utah, and Lee Moriarty. Yeah. I see that it was uh, almost an hour. So talk me into watching It's tough. This. Yeah, it's going to be hard to talk you into it, I, I think, it, given that it's an hour. But I do think that it, it, it is a really, really good 40-minute match that just kind of overstates its welcome for the last 10 minutes but doesn't do so in a way that like completely destroys this match or makes me not like it anymore. I still do really, really like it. It's just... It, oh man, the work is really solid, like solid as fuck for like 40 minutes. I mean, Lee Moriarty is is, is good. Wheel Yuta is getting better every single time I see that guy in the ring. He is getting better and better and better. It's one of those classic examples of maybe you shouldn't, you know, when a guy's 21 years old, he's not a finished product. He's got many, many years to go and, uh, and, and time to develop. And he, I think, is looking a lot better. He's just more confident. His strikes are harder. He's working better. He's working faster. He's working smoother. He's not thinking through his matches as much as he used to be before. So you can really see it from him. And this was like a really really kind of a, a a match of tremendous growth for him because you could see Lima already at certain points just letting Wheeler kind of t- dictate the pace and kind of let the match go on his own. And and that's hard to do, uh, especially when you're someone like Wheeler Yuta, who 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 probably hasn't done that against big time guys like Lee Moriarty uh, a, a bunch of times and has not done it in main events or whatever. But uh, yeah, Wheeler Yuta does a, a really, really good job here. Lee Moriarty, again, uh, another really, really great job. The problem, though, is they go and it gets it's really good. Like the first 40 minutes are really, really, really good. And then just as they're kind of building up momentum and you're thinking, all right, here we go. We're about to get to the finish. We're getting in the finishing point. They go outside of the ring and then they start brawling outside the ring. They start brawling into chairs and stuff. And you're like, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, you had it. And then they go another, like, 10 minutes. And then they're making the call for 10 minutes remaining, 10 minutes remaining. And you're like, oh, God, we're going to go, like, right up against the 60. Uh, pretty quickly after they, they do the 10 minutes remaining in the match, uh, Wheeler Yuta gets the win, uh, defeats Louis Moriarty to win the uh IWTV title. It, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a banana peel win, but it's kind of a pin out of nowhere. But they did it a good job here because it kind of sells that these guys were both exhausted and that, you know, it was just he caught him at the right time, at, 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 you know, as this match was, you know, getting to its nadir, getting right to the end of it. So, uh, no, I, I, I thought it was really, really good. The problem, though, is like I said, there's that 40 minutes where you're going to, if you watch this, you're going to go, this is really, really good. And then they're going to go outside the ring and you're going to go, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And it's going to be 10 minutes of really bad crowd brawling. And then they get back in the ring and then it's good. So it's how do you judge a match like that? To me, I still like it. I still think it was solid, but but it did. It, I mean, I was probably going to go like four and a quarter, four and a half if it didn't have that crowd brawling stuff. Unfortunately, that crowd brawling probably brought it down to about a four, but uh, a, a good match. But I totally understand if you want to invest, you know, 60 minutes of your time. But I, I, I think it's worth it. I, I, I do think it is worth checking out. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, did you like this better or Garcia Drake? Uh, I like this better than Garcia Drake, I think. Okay. Yeah, just just a little bit better. And uh, again, like as we noted, Lee Moratti losing another title. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I anything. actually don't know. We're not being like piffy. Or, we we don't know. But uh, certainly, probably not an accident that he's losing all of his titles. So I don't know. All right. So that is it for this. You want to? Do you want to do calls for the? La- well, we're at five minutes. We there's no way we're not doing calls today, right? Yeah, we promised. Take one or two. All right, we'll take. Okay, so I don't know if anybody's ready in the chat room. So this is a problem. We'll go. We'll go 10, 15 minutes over if we can. Anyway, if you're listening to this live right now and you want to get in the chat, we we're supposed to tell people to do this and we didn't do it. Uh, go into voicerest.com/discord. Uh, you'll be a VOW super fan. Go to the flagship super fans Q and A hold room right now and be ready to talk because we will punch you up and take your calls. So anyway, go to voicerest.com/discord. Flagship super fans Q and A hold room. And uh, we will take your call about current wrestling topics. Don't ask us our favorite Masawa matches. 
Don't ask us what our top five Bret Hart matches are. Keep it to current events only. So I uh, will see. Oh, my God. Heavy hitters right out of the gates here. Joe, are you ready for this? Let's see if we can get him in here. Suit Williams. What's going on, Suit? Hey there, guys. It's Suit from Schenectady. Calling <laughs> in first time, long time. Get out of here. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good show. Great show. Joe, do you believe him? I believe him. I Listen, Suit Williams is a great guy to watch live wrestling with. He shadow punches the air as the matches are happening. I can't wait. So, I, I, that's uh, that's one of the things I want to do in the next few years is go to a, go to a show with Suit Williams. So Because I've heard so many good things about watching with, with, with Suit, so i, I got to make sure I get out there. for, for The problem is now there's pressure. He has to live up to it now. <laughs> right. Now, now he's going to be forcing it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it won't be forced. If you, you could, if you had a camera on me when I was watching Osprey Shingo, Good lord, you thought I'd be training for Tyson. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What's uh what's on your mind tonight, suit? Uh well, I was thinking cuz uh WWE uh I'm hearing rumors that they're going back on tour sometime in July too. Uh you think they're going to uh call up Lesnar? You think they're going to uh get Brock Lesnar back in there maybe for a SummerSlam main event or something of the type? I mean, I think it's a matter of time. I don't think we've seen the end of Brock Lesnar. I don't think Brock, Brock probably isn't interested in any of this fucking COVID bullshit. I think that's Brock's thing. Like, he's got enough money, and he may be just waiting all of this out because that's kind of when he dipped out and disappeared. Yeah, Rich, I always I mean, wondered. Yeah, I always wondered if it was, and, and, and I'm sure what Sue thinks about this. I always wondered if it was he didn't want to work in front of no fans or like you're saying, he's like, I live in my own little compound and I fucking hunt deer in my backyard. Like, I don't need any of this shit. Like I'm good, man. Like you guys, you guys clean up all your mess and call me from my compound and I'll come and fuck around. So I don't know if it's just that he doesn't care. He doesn't want to be involved in any of this bullshit or if he just didn't want to work in front of fans or whatever it was, or if he's worth paying at that time, you know what I mean? Like there's always a big paycheck that comes with the Brock and does WWE look at that and say, is it really worth paying the big bucks for Brock if we're not selling any tickets? There's that factor too, but wouldn't the natural culmination of this Roman Reigns thing be Paul Heyman's previous charge coming back to get a piece of that? That's old school stuff, yeah. And that that would be like the most interesting thing they could do right now. I mean, really, either champ because um, the Brock Bobby uh, Lashley match would be good too, or would be interesting at least. There is nothing for Roman after Cesaro. There's nothing there. I mean, the timing would be good for something like that because that's the problem with pushing Roman this hard is that he's run through everybody and then what is, what's left? Unless they move somebody over. The timing would be right for it. But I think Rich makes a good point. If you can't sell tickets and, and sell out a big building, then you know, what, you know, what are you going to do? you got to pay Brock. Well, it would be helpful if you at least can have him fill a building. Right. The return on investment for Brock in, in, in a 60% filled arena is probably, especially right now, people are probably going to buy tickets to shows. People are going to go to shows probably regardless. The investment of, of, of a, whatever it's going to dollar amount to, to, to get Brock in is probably not worth it right now unless like unless like Suits said, it's like a SummerSlam and you can go full capacity at X Arena or whatever, and it's him versus Roman, you want to blow the place out and sell tickets for $200 or whatever, then yeah, that's where it makes sense. And that's when you bring Brock. Uh, back but yeah I, I wonder if he even fucks around with these like you know do, doing raws or doing you know he's not going to the thunderdome we fuck we we know that like he did the one wrestlemania in, in front of you know no fans then bounce and we haven't seen him since so uh i think he's he's full 
SummerSlam main event, fill the entire arena or bust, I think, for, for, for me. You know, I think that was Suit's point. Now that fans are coming back, this is when you get Brock in the room and try to get him to come back. I'm sure they made so. the call. Yeah, probably. Suit, you have yourself a great night, man. You too. Take care, guys. There it is. Sure, man. Starting off fire. Fire in there with Suit Williams. All right, we got, we'll, we'll keep going here. We got a few people in there. One uh, more. Take yeah, one more. Take one more. All right, Philip. Philip, long-time listener. Oh. What's up, man? How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. What, uh, what hour is it where you're listening right now? Uh, Eastern Standard Time, so right now it's almost <laughs> Are you Eastern right Time? Now. I thought you were something. No, you're Eastern Standard Time? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in Canada. I'm Croatian, but I'm in Canada. Oh, so I, okay. I'm never dual. Mind. Never, no, yeah, I got right. dual citizenship. Oh, never That's mind. Why. Then You're just in Canada. Who cares? Yeah. All right, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I thought you were in Croatia. Um, I thought it'd be cool to say like, "Oh, it's 3 a.m. and I'm listening to the Voice of Wrestling." He's could, in Eastern I Time be, in Canada. I could be in Croatia. I could I could fly over there. No, but, uh, I'm probably gonna, hold on, hold on until after COVID and once I get vaccinated, maybe start. Jeez. Who knows? Yeah, that turned uh, that ended up being uh, very so boring. That, that, that turned um, out being very boring. I thought you were NBA, in. Um, oh, he's blowing through. Do you, you see? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm one of the people who is watching too, Joe. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Who who do you guys see as like the more? I guess Joe would answer this better. Beating all this for the title because initially I thought before he left to AEW Eddie Kingston maybe, but now I have no idea. Like obviously, all this is not want is probably not gonna want to drop the title anytime soon. But uh, like, do you think it's someone currently in the NWA or do you think it's gonna be an outside guy? Maybe like a Mance Warner? Maybe possibly? I don't know. Okay, so this is Philip the Freight Train. I mean, he ran right over my bit there. I was going to make fun of him some more, and he was just like, I am getting my fucking question. He wants question. his question. He answers his fucking yeah. question, Joe. Jesus. So, so no bits. Um, think person beating all this is there right now. Because I look at that roster, and I don't think they're going to belt up Trevor Murdoch. And that's obviously the direction for the pay-per-view. I think Trevor Murdoch will win the battle Royal. But then again, the booking is so bad that I don't know if they're going to do the logical thing that they've been setting up. So who knows, but either way, I don't think Murdoch is the guy. Um, and there's no one else on that roster who I think is an obvious person to build from underneath. I mean, in the previous season, okay, maybe like you said, maybe they'll build up Kingston. Maybe they'll build up Ricky Starks. Maybe they'll, you know, and they gave Ricky Starks that little five minute match against all this which seem to be building blocks for that. They're not, there are no, there's nobody to build on the roster right now. If Murdoch's not the guy, I don't know who it is. That's why I think next NWA world champion probably isn't on the roster right now. Um, so I think all this holds it through the pay-per-view. And, and then we go from there, the next set of tapings, maybe we'll get some new people in the mix. Maybe there'll be something more obvious then. I think what screwed them up big time is Marty Skrull. Because they had that pay-per-view match set up before uh, COVID wiped everything out. Marty Skrull got speaking, you know, the speaking out stuff, so he's out of the picture. So whatever long-term program they had with Aldis and Skrull got ripped up and thrown out the window. And they're off all that time. They come back. Um, I don't think the next champ currently on the roster. All right. Philip, I think he's on mute. Oh, yeah, there, do you oh, want no, to uh, do you want respond real, yeah. real quick? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. 
uh, I just had to switch back because I can't hear Joe on, on the Discord. So that's why uh, I had to switch back and forth. But uh, no, I agree with Joe uh, with this take, what I was listening from YouTube. Also, one thing before I go, uh, watch the UK, UNL versus Yusuke Okada match. It's really good from DDT. I know it's DDT, but uh, watch the match. So that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, guys. There you Let me go. tell you something, Rich. This guy. Oh, I threw you off the channel. There you go. You're back now. Hey, you're back, Joe. Hey, what's up? This guy's been harassing me to watch this. <laughs> I love it. I love how he added that at the end. That's great. So you better fucking watch. We'll it. We'll I mean, see. Phillips like, a devoted. Maybe uh, I'll track. So, Joe, yeah, I want to take. I want to take one more call. Can we do that? Yeah, maybe I'll track down that DDT match and review it behind the paywall. Maybe I'll do that. Okay, someone just slipped into the calls here, and I do want to take this one. It is okay. the most fascinating person on the Voice Wrestling Discord. And somebody I'm very glad we can finally talk to. Mono Imano, person to person here. Bird from the Discord. Bird. Or 13 Erd, I should say. What's going on, 13 Erd? Uh, hey, uh, not too much. Just enjoying another evening. I, I had a bit of a question kind of relating to like wrestling big picture. Sure. Uh, and that's sort of like. Do you think it's ever going to appeal to like a younger demographic again? Like I came to wrestling pretty late and it's always seen, I think on the outside as something that's like childish or for kids. And, and yet I think there's like a lack of eyeballs, you know, like there's lack of new fans and I can't imagine anything that I'm watching now that like a kid would actually like on like WWE or AEW. So I guess if I had like a two part question, it would be, is there any wrestling right now? you would show someone younger to try to like get them into the product or, you know, will it ever kind of have that popularity again that they did with like a Cena or a Hogan or that kind of thing? It's a good question. Well, how young, how young yeah, are we talking? I'd say like preteen or anything like anything above like 14 or below. Okay. So the teen demographic, um, yeah, they just have to find a star who is considered cool in the mainstream. I mean, you had that with the rock, had that with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, like you mentioned, you had that to some extent with John Cena and Hulk Hogan. And they just don't have that guy right now. And you can't just manufacture that. It, 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 you know, you just either have that kind of charisma or you don't. Roman Reigns is not that guy and never will be uh, to appeal to that type of demographic. I think we have enough evidence to this point to safely say that. Um, so, I mean, it, it can. There's no reason it can't. I think WWE is presented in such a way where that's possible. They just need to have the right star with the right kind of charisma uh, emerge. As far as AEW, um, you know, they do very well in the older half of the 18 to 49 demographic. Um, so, you know, they've got some work to do too in terms of drawing teens and whatnot. Uh, maybe somebody like Jungle Boy. Uh, can be that person. Um, but the way they book and present their wrestling, I don't know if they're ever going to be the home of popular teen wrestling. It would have to come from the WWE side, I think. And, and one thing I wanted to point out too, and then, then, then we'll let you get uh, uh bird. will let you kind of respond here. One, one thing that's, that's you can't really create like in, in, in the Hogan era in, in that era, you could create a star for kids or whatever, but, but those days are long gone. The reason that, you know, the most time, the, the most recent time that kids watched and, and the time that kids watched the most 
WWF or WWE or whatever, most wrestling was during the Attitude Era because it was cool. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin was cool and he was a giant star and The Rock was cool and he was a giant star and Mankind was cool and he was a giant star. And it's like those guys, it's not really like, I think there's always this idea that, oh, we need to cater to young kids. We need to do this. All you have to do is be cool as hell and have a guy that's got a ton of charisma. And when you're popular, kids will start watching. Kids watch stuff that's popular. They don't want to watch a dorky show that's lame and boring and and, and stupid. They will watch if it's cool and it's interesting and, and, and people are watching. So that's really the thing that I think a lot of a lot of people lose sight of when they say, oh, how can we get the child demographic? How can we get the children? Well, you know, the best way you can do it is just be good. You know, just be <laughs> just be really, really popular. And eventually kids will just kind of come during the Attitude Era. More kids than ever watched. And, and, and WWF spent an entire decade in the early 90s trying to get kids to watch by by having playful characters and bright colors and all this sort of stuff. And kids thought it was lame and stupid and and didn't watch it and then they had Stone Cold Steve Austin come and give middle fingers and they had Sable take all of her clothes off and then a bunch of kids started watching it so it's like you know just be popular and kids will come it, it seems kind of easy and, and 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 basic but that's really what it is and that's kind of what Joe said there it's Roman Reigns isn't it and one guy will come sometime and be popular and it'll happen again but there's just no way to force it it's just you got to just be popular and then it'll happen Rich do you remember when Matt Riddle was drawing those weird exceptionally high ratings among young teen boys and then they totally leaned into him being a complete idiot it stopped yeah it's like they shoot themselves in the foot sometimes too though you know when they have something it's like he was appealing to teenage boys just for being like a cool laid-back ass kicker and then they turned him into spicoli from fast times and that all (laughs) went away yeah, or, so or they shoot themselves in the foot too, even when they have something. Right, and and a name that uh, I'll, I'll just say, Bird Darby Allen is one to keep an eye on in AEW. I mean, the numbers are, are skewing that way. He's definitely he's getting women, he's getting younger uh, viewers. It's very clear from that. So if they continue to push him and, and make him a big commodity, uh, he's the guy that can break through. And again, they don't do it. AEW doesn't have him be a. He's not appealing to children quote unquote he's just kind of a cool dude that rides around on a skateboard and looks dark and stuff and and that's appealing you know what i mean like and he's cool and people like him and people find it funny so um yeah that that's that's where that's where you're gonna grow and like you said there are guys like joe mentioned there that that, that do it but a lot of times they'll force it they'll say okay matt rules you know he's got something going here so now we have to lean into it and he's got to be even dorkier and even dumber and he's got to wear a backwards hat or he's got it you know he's got to say cowabunga dude and all this sort of stuff because that's what the kids are going to like and in actuality you're realizing that it's a bunch of you know 60 year old white men deciding what kids like and and that's you know not always the best <laughs> path to doing it either he, so. he, yeah riddle riddle was drawing a teen audience and then they turned him into a teen right he's literally a child so that's like just they obviously were already into him so there was nothing to chip but they 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 continually get in their own way when it comes to that stuff did we answer your question there i think we had to absolutely yeah (laughs) no uh, rambled for 20 minutes don't really you know sort of of have my own thoughts or response but thank you for responding that's i didn't know that about riddle and some of those other things so thank you Listen, my man, go watch some Bret Hart matches. Yeah, please. yeah, Thank yeah. You. We got we got to talk to you, bro. So, you're not so you're not off the hook just yet. Bret Hart. You're not off the hook just yet. Do I watch Bret Hart yet. or do I watch Liger? Oh, I haven't seen either. Oh, Jesus Christ! You've okay. never okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Catch people up. Catch people up. This dude is a subscriber. He's a good dude. He's in our Discord. He had, he has he had never seen a Bret Hart match until the other day. He's never seen a Jushin Thunder Liger match. And as of a few weeks ago, he had never seen a Hulk Hogan. Yes, match. I introduced you to Hulk Hogan. Is that correct? I still haven't watched it, but the WrestleMania <laughs> Rewind kind of, I don't know, like seeing him 
and Brutus. It's Hulk Hogan. No, it's not that bad. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. What do you mean you get to it? I've seen Thunderlips. Oh Jesus! We are we are fascinated. <laughs> I just by yeah. this man. We're we're going another we, two hours here. That's fine. We're we're going we're overrun uh, automatic overrun to try to get into the brain of 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 you, Bird. I, I'm so glad you called in here. I just what you've never been. Oh, you've thank, never having me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. We're not making like you're you're. It's actually like I it. It's weird because most wrestling fans are we're all weirdos. We just watch everything. We consume everything. We're watch- I mean, Joe's watching, catching up on Big Japan just because he feels like he needs to. And I love that you can support us. You can watch Ring of Honor and NWA, which, which you do watch all the time. But you've, you've never seen Randy Macho Man Savage. You've never watched a Hulk Hogan match. You've never watched Liger, and you've never seen Bret Hart. It's just, I, uh, it's cool. I, I actually find it interesting. I just, I, it, it's, it's, it's flabbergasting. I just, it's amazing. Well. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of started off as there just being so much new content and things to follow, and now it's now it's like I got a gimmick. So, like, what happens when I do watch all these things? Well, drop so, the gimmick. Yeah. Watch, Rich. watch Bret Hart. You should watch Bret Hart. Yeah, okay. I'll he would say though, Rich. He loses his identity if he goes and watches. I guess all you're these right. I guess you're right. But but very um, so. But the re- the one thing I would say the flip side of that is yes, your identity is guy who has never seen any wrestling legend ever. Uh, but the 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 gimmick can also be pretty fun too, as you give your thoughts of like you don't you have no preconceived notions of Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean, <laughs> like nothing. And you reacting to seeing Hulk Hogan matches, I think would I, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, most of us have seen a thousand Hulk Hogan matches and a thousand Bret Hart matches and a thousand Liger matches and all that sort of stuff. I I don't think the gimmick's gone. Being first time viewer of Juice and Thunder Liger, like you know, what match do you choose? What do you think of it? What are your your thoughts about? It? I think there's 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 something to be said for that too. Thanks. Yeah. So prepare for a lot of spam in the old school uh, thread. Right now. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> that is Bird. Thank you so much for uh, for calling. We'll uh, hopefully talk to you. Thank you. Uh, talk to you again soon. So have a good night. Fascinating. Fascinated by the Bird. So just to expand on that. This dude, all he watches is modern Ring of Honor and modern NWA. That's his jam. That's his lane. And and we have a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's got to be a gimmick. Oh, he's got to be, you know, he's, I I I I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm wrong. He he, he just explained it. He right. just he watches the modern stuff and just doesn't have hasn't had the time. He's a new fan. He watches Ring of Honor and NWA. He hasn't just he just hasn't gone back to watch. He's just he's very different than like most other wrestling fans. And that's, I think, what I'm pretty fascinated by, because when I became a fan of wrestling, the first thing I did, and and this is true of any any sport, anything, I I just go and watch like everything I can. I I really enjoy the history of it. And wrestling is one of those that I think just just lends itself to that, especially people that listen to this show. I would say there's probably a subset of wrestling fans that watch the modern, like the person we talked to the other day when you said, Oh yeah, well, Masawa had a bad match with Bret Hart's and, and Tom McGee had a good match. So maybe and the guy was just like, I don't know who any of those people are. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. But he's an Eva Marie stand. So it's like, Oh, okay. Like he's never going to listen to the show ever. But what's fascinating to me is the cross section of bird who, who, who will subscribe, give us $10 a month. And like you and I always say, like, what does he got to think of this show? Like you, you're just talking about fucking, Goddamn, like, you know, Tony Gurria matches, and he's got to just be like, what are these guys talking about? Like, do you understand any of this show? I think that's the fascinating thing, is that we do a show for the hardcores that have watched a thousand Jushin Thunder Liger matches and have seen every single and can recite every single Masawa Kobashi match and all that sort of stuff. And, and this, and, and we kind of 
geared our short towards towards those hardcore fans. And then you have this guy who was just like, eh, yeah, I just kind of I, I listen. I, you guys are enjoyable. I, I, I like listening to you, but has to just be his head's got to be spinning when he watches our show. We don't talk down to the listener. Right. So I just don't understand. Like, I'm just fascinated. It's fascinating yeah. that he enjoys it, that he enjoys the show because so much of it must go over his head because there's no frame of reference. I mean, if I didn't stop you, you could go for 45 minutes. And you did a few weeks ago. We went for 45 minutes about, like, managers in WWF in 1985. You know what I mean? Like, and that's got to just be – it's not like we're talking about – like, if even if we talked about Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, he wouldn't understand what we're talking about. But you're talking about, like – you know, Humperdink, Oliver Humperdink, and Freddie Blassie, and fucking, you know, Tony Gurria, you know, Boston Garden matches. He's got to be like, what are you talking about? But I don't know. It, it, yeah. it's, 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 it, it is fascinating. It's amazing to me. Anyway, that's, uh, that's his, uh, those are our calls. So, yeah, hey, good, good three calls there. We'll, we'll do it again sometime soon. Uh, anyway, but that is it for the Voice of Wrestling flagship. We went a little over, but we, we kind of had to here. Uh, with, 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 when you get soup, Philip and, and 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 Bird on the line. You can't you can't you can't go out early. So glad we glad we stay there with the calls. But anyway, uh voicesofwrestling.com, uh voiceofwrestling.com slash discord as well. Uh patreon.com slash voices wrestling and listen live. You can call in sometimes too. You can listen to all of our bonus content. The VOW retro uh that Bird talked about, the WrestleMania randomizer is going on right now on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast, uh, or the flagship podcast on Patreon. Joe Vemmer to remember the Thursday TV reviews, all the other stuff we do, instant reaction lives, obviously that coming up later this month. Uh, with AEW Double or Nothing, we'll have. There will not be one for WrestleMania Backlash. I'm, I'm sorry. We are not going to be doing Instant Reaction Live for WrestleMania Backlash. But uh, that's it for us. So patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. Voice of wrestling.com. At Voices Wrestling on Twitter. But don't do that. That's it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. <laughs>